Howdy, y'all. We're live. It's already music in the house with Ike from Flipside Music in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to episode number uno of the RNA Music Podcast. As I was told to create one by Mrs. RNA, because she's real smart. <laughs> she's a wise woman in regards she's, to social media stuff. She's smarter than I am in a lot of ways. I know a few things, but she knows a lot of things too. So we got some people in the chitty chat over here. We got Rody's Jam Cave, Terry Himes, Flipside Music. That would be you. That's me. Right. I'm here too. Yeah, we've so, been. Uh, Brody, what's happening, Terry? Good to see you guys. We've been talking about doing this for like a couple of years now. Like, yeah, but yeah. The, the the problem has been is you uh, in <laughs> Texas reaching the level of uh, you know internet capabilities that can make such things happen. <laughs> we finally made it to like 2005 internet here in Canton. Right. It is true. I'm going to blame it on the internet company because our internet has been crap. And I finally got, I have like fiber optic cable now, like fiber internet. You guys went from like nothing to having, yeah, I basically went from having like, like one of the little scooters with the boxes on it to yeah. like a high speed train. I've got a fighter jet now. Yeah. We were, we were literally like uh, 10 megs down and five megs up forever and now i'm one gig down and like 500 megs up well i remember when you came out when you guys came out and visited a few years ago and you were like did you ran the speed test on my stuff here at the house in your house like, what you're like what this is incredible <laughs> your house has faster internet than my business does freaking denver colorado yeah well i'm, well, I'm <laughs> I'm in Denver Metro, so we got yeah. we got some stuff. Well, we're here now, and uh, I'm super excited to uh, we we talk all the time, like on the phone and texting and stuff. But as far as like doing a live stream, chitty chat, sharing the screen together, we've been talking about that for years, and it's yeah. here now. So, um, for our channel, maybe I'll get to be on one of the flip side ones if y'all do like a reasonable time. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well you're always uh you're always I'm teaching working. when we're going live i know so when we do the fa well the thing is is that we do the faq so some of the folks that are in here already watch us like jeff and uh jj yeah and uh roadie watch us we usually go uh, you you know we go live on thursday at four which makes that what five o'clock your time right? yes five o'clock texas time yeah so, because I always get a text, dang it, dang, dang it, it bro. dang it, hack. <laughs> well, usually, like sometimes I'll have a student who didn't show up to their lesson, and like I'll turn around, I'll check YouTube, I'm like, oh, flip sides on live when they get on there. Oh, they just finished. Yeah, son of a gun. So, you know, hopefully in the future, though, we will be now that we actually have internet, which is kind of funny that the new building. Those that follow us understand our our uh, craziness yes. with the building, the new building. Yes. Once we get moved in there, we find, I mean, literally it's 2022 and we just got internet to this building. This building has been existing since 2006 there. Yeah. You know, it, it was constructed back in, it hasn't had internet or phone to that building since then. 
which is, and it's, and we're still in Metro Denver. So right. I don't understand how, how that, but we finally got Comcast to, uh, to, to get us the internet. So now we can actually do live streams without it breaking up and falling apart. So that being well, said, cool. we'll do more of live stuff that you can, you can come in and visit. Yeah. I'm super excited. Well, we were talking about, uh, coming up for the grand opening when, whenever that, when that happens. Yeah. And uh, we were talking the other day about just coming up because Angel's like, we should go back to Denver. I'm like, we should, because we haven't had a vacation, like probably since the last time we came to Denver. <laughs> we never take vacations. And they're always work vacations. Like we went to we went to Georgia to CMG and did a little factory tour with them. So it was like a family trip vacation, but it was it was work. Work, so it wasn't really a vacation. We just traveled and I was telling a student yesterday about going to Nam. He's like, what's Nam? I'm like, oh, it's it's this giant thing that I've been to several times. That is not a really a vacation other than me flying on an airplane to the California to hang out with buddies. But it's that's technically not a vacation. Well, it's one of my one of the guys at the shops like, man, I'd really love to go to the Nam show. I really want to go. And I'm like, I get you tickets. It's like, are we, are we going or are we good? Are, are you guys going this year? And I go, well, I don't know. It's been an interesting last couple of years, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I don't know when the timing of that is going to happen, plus the building and all this other stuff. But just like you said, it's that's not a vacation. Like, going to the NAMM show, it seems like it's a vacation. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. You know, but a lot of times it's it's being able to hang out. Let's go and grab a few beers with, you know, JJ's House of Jams comes out. Ben Coombs and you're there. We got Robert Baker and like all the dudes yep. that want to know. It's good to see all those people and say hello. But it's also ear fatigue for three days. You know, almost a hundred decibels of yes. Wheelie, 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 ting, ting, ting. That's probably why I have tinnitus now. It's freaking nam. I'm after three days. I just want to sit in a in a room. Yeah, quiet and with nothing. You know, like the plane ride home is always awesome because it's just quiet right you got your sound isolated headphones on like oh thank god yeah and your feet hurt it's it's a grind i was trying i was telling one of my students about it and he's like oh it sounds awesome like well it is awesome the first time the first time you go to nam is super awesome it is Uh, the second time i was like oh it's just work i like this the, the second time was fun too see the first time i went to nam i didn't know anybody Right. Literally, I went by myself. Yeah. And I made a, mo- a lot of mistakes because yeah. I, I rented I rented a, a hotel room that was like 10 miles away. I rented a car like it, and, and, and at the time I was just still selling online. Like I was nobody. I was just like, hey, this Nam thing, I should probably be part of it. And when I the first time I went, it was cool because it was so much gear and so much stuff. And I'm like, oh, there's Stevie Wonder. Hey, there's Dave Mustaine. Oh my right. God. Look at this cool. Oh my God. The, the second year I went. What year was your first year at NAM? Uh 2013, maybe 2012, 2013. Okay. It might have been. But that was like, but then the next year, I, I like I met you. I met Robert Baker. I knew some of the other guys. So by that time, I actually made some friends, more friends in the industry. And I had a buddy of mine from high school that I went to high school with. And I was like, yeah, I headed out to the NAMM show. And he's like, you know, F-Bomb Tommy. You met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So Tommy's like, hey man, I'm going too. Let's 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 get together. So, you know, the second one was fun because it was more friends. And then, like you said, it is work, but it gets to the point where it's kind of like, well, now I'm just going to hang out with some, now I'm going to get some hot chicken with, you know, we're going to chicken and waffles with friends. Right. You know. So we'll talk. There's a couple of questions that are going to pop up. One's already popped up that we'll answer that I think is pretty interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll preface a little bit because I'm sure whoever's watching this right now in the live chat knows us, probably knows you. But on the yeah. replay, there might be people who are like, who are these guys? I titled it Opening a Guitar Store. Because mm. I got a couple of videos. It's like how to open a guitar store like years back. And a lot they got a lot of views. And I've had people call me and email me like, hey, I watched your video on how to open a guitar store. And like I'm opening one now or I opened one last year. I just want to say appreciate your insight and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Cause I'm just like, I would never tell yeah, somebody. Here's the final not. result. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man. I got way more gray. Yeah. Way more gray. Yeah, I think I have less hair. hair. Quickly. <laughs> I think I have less hair. Pretty sure, but maybe not. Definitely more gray. But um, this is half of this is fake. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't, I can't bring myself to go full gray yet. Oh man. It's uh, it's I'm working on it. The full grade. Did we meet? I was thinking about this today because we've known each other for since 2014 for sure. But did we meet yeah. at Nam 14? Did we meet at a booth that we will not name? Did we meet at that booth? I think that was the first time we physically met. Right. We talked on the phone because remember when we when we both carried a brand that previously carried a brand that we will not mention. Right. Um. Did we talk on the phone before Nam? Yeah, yeah. Cause I think you called me. Okay. It was like, hey man, we're we're both dealers for this brand. Nice to meet you. And it was just like a cordial conversation, like, hey, if you ever need anything. And then we just started busting chops and talking shit. And yeah. And was it was like we were, we were like instant friends on that one first that one phone call. We became friends and shit. Yeah. We're friends all these years later. So was that after Nam 14 though? Or was that Previous no, it was prior. See, I can't remember crap anymore. Well, yeah. Welcome to that club, man. Um, <laughs> no, because I think you called me and we just chatted. And Probably. then from there we chatted. We we chatted more. And I think we met at the NAM show. Like, because I remember going, wow, you're a lot taller than I thought you were going to be. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Baker was the same That's... way. I remember I was like, I was expecting him to be a little guy. Yeah, Baker is definitely taller than I thought. Yeah, I thought he was just going to be a wee fella with long hair and go, oh, wow, you're one of those guys. Yeah. And, uh, I th- he ended up being way taller. Yeah. I think we're like, he he might be a little bit taller than I am, but I'm like, he just has way more hair. Well, right? yeah. Yeah. I could be <laughs> taller too if I had hair. He's probably, I've got 10 feet of hair. Yeah. So we met in 2014 then and uh, become friends ever since that. So. Um, that's kind of our history. We, we met back then. Uh, we both carried, I mean, he, Ike's in Denver. I'm in Texas. So obviously not really competing locally. Um, and probably not even really, I don't know. This is a good question because this leads us into, we both carried a similar brand. We both carried a couple of the same brands and brands that we don't carry of each other. Mm-hmm. But um, I never really felt like it was a competition. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never it was never it was never like that. It was more like, hey, I, what do you do for this? Or how do you do that? Yeah. Have you had any experience with this brand? Have you, have you had any experience with that? Because I got another friend of mine. I had a couple friends that 
that own stores too. And and I go, did you ever use this app? Have you ever heard of this thing? Yeah. What are you doing cases of this? You know, so mm-hmm. it was more like that. Like, what are you doing? How do you do yeah. And I've got, um, you know, I mean, we weren't trying to make a million dollars selling stuff online at the time. And we'd already been in business for, and you'd already been doing stuff for a while too. We'd already been business for like four or five years before I went to that NAM. And I, I wasn't trying to become the next Sweetwater or the next anybody who's selling stuff online necessarily. But I didn't think about it as a competition thing. And even I've got some friends that are like 45 minutes away from me who have been in the business for forever that I absolutely love those guys. And I send people to them all the time for like repairs and setups and like all that stuff because they are hands down the best repair guys that I know of in Texas. And I have zero problems because I don't want to... I don't have time to do a bunch of repairs and that's not my particular skill set. I, I teach, you know, they do repairs. They also sell stuff, but he's helped me because we were both orange dealers. And then there's always, you know, reps come and go and things happen. And we had an issue for like a year where they weren't going to let me sell oranges. And I called Kelly because he's been selling oranges for forever. And he's been in the business for like 40 years. I was like, hey, man, uh, and I just sell the little practice things, man, the little crush ones like for beginners and stuff. We're not selling rocker verbs and all that stuff. I said, I told him like, hey, Kelly, I can't, you know, they're not going to let me sell oranges. He's like, what? Hold on. And he got on the phone and I called somebody way up the chain at Orange. I was like, hey, y'all going to let Ron sell oranges or not? What's the problem? <laughs> and he got he got on them and they were like, oh, well, you know, we weren't really overlapping territories, but we weren't that far away. but. I mean, he pushes people to me. I push people to him. So I never really felt like that competition thing. But like the question I see over here says, Jay Dizzle for Rizzle says, why buy a guitar from you and why not Sweetwater? Mm. What's your thought about that? Well, okay. So number one, we actually do go through the guitars. We do set them up before we ship them out. That's one thing that we do as a company. Every guitar that comes in our store, we we go over it and we set it up before we put it out on the floor. Yep. You know, if it if it's destined to be on the wall, we do have guitars that sit on shelves too because they're back stock. Right. But if we have when we do sell guitars that go out, we go through the guitars. We check the electronics, we check the necks, we check the fret ends. We do a complete setup before they go out because we've gotten people that have emailed us back going, "Did you set this up? Because this thing plays awesome." We're like, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. We haven't really, people that know us or who have bought stuff from us know that we do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the general populace doesn't, you know, a place like Sweetwater, uh, (laughs) they say they do that. Yeah. But I've also run across customers that have brought their guitars to us because we're a Fender uh, repair station here in Denver. I'm not shitting on them, but... What I'm saying is sometimes we've gotten stuff in that was a warranty issue or a repair issue that they got from them. That we had to do a thing. And I'm like, man, I know you got a 179 point check system, but how did you miss the screw on a yeah. pick card on a strat? Right. How did that leave the shop? Now I know they do 300 gazillion dollars sure. in sales, but that that's a thing. They do good. They do good work. Don't get me wrong. But right. smaller sure. shops, I think there's a little there can be a little bit more attention to detail because you don't have the volume. Also, right. the guys you call at my shop 
actually work the shop. It's not a separate entity of guys that man phones that kind of are paid through what they generate. Right. You see what I mean? Like there's, there's, we're actually the dudes in the shop. Yeah. And you can have direct contact with myself or Dylan or Gordo or James or Goots or whoever, like we're all there and, mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of changeover. Um, so that's one of the reasons, you know, I've sent videos to people directly, you know, or put a small video on YouTube just because they wanted to check out a certain thing. So that's the reason that that's a reason for us. I think. <laughs> I just remembered I could add comments to the screen. Oh yeah. I like Jeffries. One reason to buy from them and not Sweetwater is Ike hasn't called me 20 times after I bought something asking me how I liked it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, Jeff, if you want me to call you, bro, I will. Because yeah. yes, I will. I'll shoot the shit with you for a while, man. <laughs> Ryan knows me well enough, man. I, we will, I will chat. And if you give me a beer, so we'll chat for a while. Um, yeah. So we have a live in the house. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it, that's a, I think Why that's the question. Blurrier and blurrier. Is I don't that, know. Do you see that on your end? Because on my end, it looks like I've got glaucoma. I see you. Yeah, your autofocus went out of focus. Your focus needs more focus. What the it was, heck is happening with this stupid thing? It wasn't me. There you What's go. That? All right. Well, there we go. Because I'm watching this thing get worse and worse, and I'm like, oh no, call Will for Brimley. I got diabetes. I'm getting glaucoma. You got a you got a webcam or what are you using? Yeah, I got a Logie, Logie, Logitech. That's what I got. I got a Logie, and it's been fine. This is the like all of a sudden this it's not working very well. So did you buy that Lo Logie from Sweetwater? Because I might be pissed. <laughs> I haven't bought anything. Okay, so I've bought from Sweetwater three times. Yeah, in my life. Mm -hmm. Every time I bought it, they took my money, and I had to wait at least a month to get the product because that reason well, hey sorry man we don't have it in stock and i'm like well you don't have it in stock why'd you sell it why'd you right why I've did heard. you me if 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 you don't have it and now i'm waiting two 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 weeks to a month to get the thing so yeah. after that last time i was like i'm never ordering from them again because that's the third time in a row that they didn't have it and so i just said screw it i'm never going to do it now I've heard that, that was that's where I had a store because now I just ask my friends. Right. You know, hey, Ryan, do you have this? You know, I got another friend, Jimmy. I'm like, hey, Jimmy, do you have this in stock? And I get it from, if I need something personally, I get it from somebody I know. Yeah. Now I try to do that too. Like I, I've bought a fair amount of stuff from Sweetwater over the years. Number one, I have a credit card with them. Yeah. Which is my downfall because they're like 18 month, no interest. Yes. But um, but I, I tell people, like, if I don't know, like, if I know that you have it, and, like, my friend Kelly, who's, like, five minutes away, I'll get it from him. There's a place in Tyler, Texas called Munt, M-U-N-D-T, music. Mm -hmm. I got, uh, I bought a guitar for Angela from them, because she wanted a Yamaha, because I had a buddy who had a Yamaha, and, like, we were in between guitar acoustic companies that I wanted to do, and but they gave me a sweet deal because they're like, oh, you're in Canton. I'm like, yeah, we have a music store and a lesson studio in Canton. They're like, oh, really? That's awesome. Like, they were super cool. And they're like, well, let us know if you need something. We'll hook you up. And I'm like, 
okay, so they gave us a sweet deal on Angela's Yamaha just because we have a store and we're in the business. So I tried. There's professional courtesy. Right. You know, yeah. we've done that before. I've had music stores call up and say, hey, man, do you guys have this? It's happened with pedals more more than, more often than guitars. Man, we, we got a customer. Do you guys have this? Yeah, I got it. Would you guys be able to help us out? Yeah, sure. So yeah. sometimes it's just a professional courtesy to help us another store out. Uh, but we do the same thing like you were saying earlier. You know, we got guys in town that sell uh, higher-end acoustics. Right. We don't. I mean, we, right. we carry we carry Yamaha, mm-hmm. we carry Alvarez, um, Takamini. So I didn't know you had Yamaha. Oh yeah, yeah. We picked them up last year. So oh, uh, well, we got hers before that. So now yeah, I don't feel guilty. No, you're good. But like, I would 100 got it from you. Well, I know that, man. I know that. <laughs> you're like, I know what's up, but the internet may not know that, and they need to know that. Yeah. So, um, but. Well, if somebody's looking for a Taylor or a Martin or a Collings or something like that, we send them to uh, Denver Folklore Center because those are guys that we know and they're always been friendly to us. But yeah. they send a lot of people to us when they're looking for electrics. Like they got come, people coming in going, hey, they, do you have any American you know, professional telecasters? And they go, no, but talk to the guys at Flix, Flipside. They'll, you know. They'll I, take bet I, I bet Ike has a telecaster. <laughs> yes. You got you got tellies at Flipside Music in Denver, Colorado, the Great American Guitar there, Store. There might be some here, maybe possibly in that area. Uh, there might be some right here. You know. There's right. a. You don't have any, do you? I have one. All right, well, that's a start. <laughs> I showed it. I sent you pictures when I got it. Oh, or yeah, did I not? Well, I didn't know if you still had it. Maybe I, I did since. Maybe I was afraid to send it to you because it's like I bought a telly, and you're like, I got tellies, Ryan. I do still yeah. have it. I do still yeah, have but it. Sometimes it's funny because we gotta have customers sometimes that come in, and they're like, Yeah, I got this telly, and I'm like, and they go, Man, it was a great deal. It was used. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Sometimes things fall in your lap, and you gotta take advantage of it. I get that. Yeah. I buy stuff that I don't need to buy. Right. But it falls in my lap, and I can't help myself. Like. I bought this recently. This is my recent, my most recent. Oh, nice. And it's an old, it's an old Hamer. Um, it's an old Hamer 335, but it was built in Korea. And these Ooh. are killer, killer guitars. Yeah. And you don't see them come up very often. And it was on reverb and I was. It's like mid 2000s. Perusing. It's a 90s. The 90s all right and, yeah this is when they built them in uh i think they built them in at world all right and these are duncan design pickups and you're like mm, duncan design that should go right no they're good on this it sounds so good and you don't see them very often and when you do they're about like 900 bucks and this one popped up for like under 500 and i was like yeah gonna get it why <laughs> so you know, it happens. So sometimes deals just happen and you got to take them. So I get it. I, I think the last guitar, if that, the last guitar I bought, I think is this PRS Tremonti custom. Schnazzy. Fat bodied from my buddies out at that place in Hawkins. I was telling you about that's 40 minutes away. I was there looking at, cause they, they sell PRSs and I've kind of been wanting a, a swanky one. I have an S2. 
that's nice. You know, it's it's the S2 is nice, but yeah, S2s are nice. That was my 40th birthday present, and back then they were like four fifteen hundred dollars, and now they're like eighteen nineteen hundred. So I'm like, bro. But I still want a core, like a you know a true you know core model PRS, and my buddies over there have them. And I thought if I trade in enough crap, maybe I could actually get a core. I didn't have enough crap to make the trade worth. <laughs> yeah, doing. those are those are big dollars too, man. Those, those, those cost a few bucks. Yeah, but while I was there walking out, I saw that Tremonti, which was used mm. in the uh, you know, and it's a, it's a it does have the PRS script logo on it, but it is an SE. But it was also made in Korea, which I kind of prefer. I've got a soft spot for Korea over Indonesia. But I don't know, man. But the Indonesia stuff's really good. This is my number one telly I play all the time. Really? And I played, I just played a show with it a couple weeks ago. And that's GNL. Yeah, GNL. This is a GNL. We got GNL USAs. Yeah. This is a GNL tribute with, you know, that's the wolf. That's nice. Gary Garcia. Um, that's for my buddy. I got a buddy that passed away a few years ago and he was a big deadhead. And oh, so wow. I put this on this, I put that on this guitar and everybody's like, oh man, you must love the Grateful Dead. And I go, no, my buddy Steve loved the Grateful Dead. And he was a big music fan. So every time I get to play a show, I got my boy Steve with me. That's what the, that's why I put this. Oh. On. Um, but this is their, Indone- this is the Indonesian built tribute. I upgraded the bridge, and other than that, this thing's stock. And I play this because it's never failed me. Right. It has never failed me on a show. So I always I play. So just a little plug for like G and L. Yeah. Well, that's uh, a good. That's good to know because I mean, for the for the longest time, but I'm thinking back like mid 2000s, like 05. I got a bunch of not a bunch, but I have several washburns from like mm-hmm. 05, 06, 07 coming out of world and Korea, and like they're freaking amazing. Oh yeah, they make great stuff. And even going into, I mean, even now, but of course now the Korean stuff is, is like the new Japan, and Indonesia is like the new Korea, you know, quality wise. So the Korean stuff is getting pretty pricey. You know, Schecter still makes stuff in Korea, and I'm looking at some of it. I'm like, this is like an eighteen hundred dollar Korean guitar, <laughs> which is. It is what it is, but the mindset, I'm thinking like, that should be more budget, but I'm still living 10 years in the past. Yeah, the thing is that shit, stuff has changed, man. And it depends on the, the, you know, it does depend on the factory it's coming out of. If it's coming out of world, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, like the Reverends are built in Korea, but they're built in a smaller, uh, they're built in a smaller where, uh, warehouse, uh, <laughs> smaller manufacturer yeah. than, um, than world. It's called MIRR. Mm-hmm. But they're the same company that that builds like the Duesenberg stuff, and I don't know if you've ever played or seen the Duesenberg stuff. Yeah. Pretty nice, pretty nice guitars. So, well, just like everything else, it all comes down to the management, right? If you have a factory and that the management direction and team is like on it, that factory can be great, and you have another factory two two miles down the road that is crap. Yeah, well, it's QC. Comes down to QC, quality yeah. control, man. If you guys got, if you have guys that are on top of their shit, you're gonna have a really nice guitar. And you also have to think that the contractor, or the contractee, contractor, mm-hmm. whoever is commissioning the build, 
needs to be on top of their stuff too. So they have to hold those people accountable. We've run into situations before where there wasn't really somebody on top of that part of the yeah the, yeah so when you see companies like keep maybe like Schechter, um you know they're kind of on it so they don't let somebody just just oh yeah send me the stuff put it in a box and we'll we'll work on it from there yeah you know, they check it out make sure it's right before they send it out to the to the end user like like reverend reverend does an incredibly awesome job we get the stuff in the shop and it's we almost don't have to do anything to it. Yeah, like they're almost Yamaha is very much like that too. We get a lot of Yamaha. The Revstar stuff is killer. Yeah, that stuff comes in and it's almost ready to go right out of the box. It's a it's kind of amazing. We all we still go through it. Right, of course. But nine yeah. out of ten times they're in really good shape. Maybe a minor adjustment, a little bit of an intonation issue because of humidity or, or uh, weather sure. or whatever. But you know. Yeah, you like gotta you mind. gotta check everything, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are brands that have a better a better filter, you know. Like that's one thing I like about Schecter. Like I've never have I ever gotten one. I'm trying to think if I've ever gotten a Schecter here that had an issue that I had to send back. I think maybe one time in thirteen years that I ever get one that was like there was some the neck maybe wasn't it was a little rough like they missed a spot on sanding or something. I mean, it was easy to sort out, but. But um, it may be one wash burn that I got, like, like the electronics was dead on it. And it was like, you know, a sub $300 guitar. And I called them like, oh, no problem. We'll send you a new one. Whoop. <laughs> Easy peasy. Well, that's another thing. When you got a company that you can just, you know, Fender is like that for us. It's, it's, we got any problems, send it back. And we yeah. get, we've had a number of things come from Fender that have been uh, not right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're they're cranking out an amazing amount of of gear, but right. but still, classic vibe Squire stuff comes in really really well done. Even the inexpensive stuff, every once in a while, some of it it could be shipping, right? But yeah, there's something that was like eh, this might have been a Friday afternoon guitar. Yeah, so I, I've had a- I've had those come in from someone that was like, "How did you miss the screw on the?" the truss rod cover mm-hmm. how did you not notice that that screw wasn't there or something but well that, that I was had one of the things like when i had that Sweetwater deal we did a warranty and it comes in i'm like how'd you guys miss number one how did it get from the factory to Sweetwater without a screw and then leave Sweetwater to the customer without the screw like how did that happen like that should have been there should have been at least two or three checks in there yeah, I understand things do happen. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it was just one of those deals. Like, how did nobody see that this screw was missing on the pick guard on a strat? Right, <laughs> how did you miss that? We've had a company. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say anything about companies I've ever had an issue with, but that I like. Because <laughs> honestly, people get the wrong idea. Like, oh, you're saying it has problems. Like, everything has problems. Yeah, there's no company that's 100. It that, no, yeah, 100. No, nobody's perfect like that. Yeah, I, I said something the other day about like, hey, Jesus is not building these guitars. He has retired from carpentry. Jesus right. didn't make that guitar. So it's possible it could have a an issue, right? Now, the thing is, I've had a company that anytime I've ever had a, something come in, I call them like, send it back, we'll take care of it. Like, awesome. I'm not mad that there was an issue because they took care of it for me. Like, we'll take care of it. I'm like, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. 
right. how do you ha- how do you handle the aftercare of the mix up and that that works the same way with uh retail like with what we do I mean, we're always on top of it you know what i mean if some if we got a problem with a shipment or a, uh anything you know yeah. we're on it and it's funny because i'll call customers if there's a problem and they're like yeah. wait what i i appreciate you calling i'm like well why if it's something i can handle easy through an email sure but if it's more complicated than that i get on the phone and talk to people and they're like kind of amazed that i called and i'm like this is customer service we're we yeah we're not intentionally trying to do anything wrong something went wrong because yeah. things do but we're going to do whatever we got to do to make it right so we'll do some shout outs real quick. Metalhead hippie in the house. We were just talking about you metalhead before this, because, you know, I, I was, I was talking to one of my students about streaming because I did a stream last night and he's like, Oh yeah, you can just stream from your phone. I'm like, I know, but the quality isn't the way I want it to on my phone. So I think, I think it was metalhead hippie. who suggested Streamyard. maybe someone else. Cause a lot of people use Streamyard, and I've been playing with it and it works great. So metalhead roadies jam cave, my friend Ken Sims, who's in Canton, Texas. <laughs> Ken Ken likes tellies. <laughs> um, Metalhead said, give a kid a pack of strings. Uh, I will do that. I'll make sure it's a kid and not an adult, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got some. Yeah. Adults can buy stuff. Uh, generally. Metalhead Zampy's a good guy, man. He, he, yeah, no, for sure. He does a lot of people. I, I love the the show he does and kind of showcasing everybody's talents and giving away. He's giving away a lot of our T-shirts and stuff like yeah. that. And, and so he does a really, he, he's got a big heart, man. Yeah, he uh, he's, he's anytime I've, I don't always get to catch people's live stream stuff just because I'm sure like you. Yeah, I, it's it's been dwindling. The, the time frame that I have for shit is getting smaller and smaller unfortunately yeah i just happened to uh, I'd be up here late working one time I'm like oh man i'll hit the slide let me go check on it and so i got to actually watch it and heard some cool music and then i think i sent one of the songs that me and the bitter bass man did and he played <laughs> it was neat i like what he does he's showcasing people who don't necessarily have a voice or or you know it's hard to get on radio you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But people have radio internet shows that you can showcase music from everyday people. So that was pretty neat. Well, everybody's doing I mean, stuff happens in here. We make, we make noise, yeah. you know, it just don't always do yeah. our EPs. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta finish some songs of my own. That's uh me too. I got a couple, you know, you know, you got you got a scrap of paper here, and I got a little scrap of paper here with a couple words on it, and you know, just trying to put things together. And my biggest problem is some of the interface stuff. I just really need to sit down and get way better at recording. I just got a, um, I just picked up a Rev D twenty. Oh, really? So, oh man, that's the clean one, right? Yeah, we got them at the shop, and yeah, I yeah. played them at the shop, and I'm like, these are nice. That's really right. Sounding amps, and I brought this home, and I plugged it in. And I was like, "Holy crap! It's so good! It's so good!" And then um, I forgot you sell Rev stuff. Yeah. Well, I just talked to Derek the other day too. I've so. been eyeballing some Rev stuff. Don't tell Angela. And I was like, "Where can I get this?" And I know a guy. You do know the, the G twenty is the small one. It's a little bit more high gainy. 
Yeah. Right? Well, the reason I got the D20, now the G20 sounds killer. If you're doing heavier stuff, it sounds great. The reason I got the D20 was, you know, I like to play my blues. Yep. So I like a nice clean, but that does drive. There's like a boost in it with a, with a push pull and it drives and it has this really nice creamy overdrive. But I got some really killer pedals that also do that too. And that's where I want to shape. Yeah. That's where I want to shape the tone is with the pedals. But that can do a nice clean. So I can kind of do the nice switch in between. Plus, I don't know. I'm all my, my rig is getting smaller and smaller. Like these, you know, that's a 77. Uh, how does this work? Okay. There you go. <laughs> like uh, depth perception. You know, that's a 77 Vibralux. And it sounds awesome. This right here is just a blues. It's been a modified blues deluxe, and it's great. But it's forty watts, right? So we, I played a show with this in this little club up in the mountains, and the sound guy's like, "Turn it down." You gotta turn <laughs> it down. I'm like, "You're, you're making me turn all the goodness off of it. It needs yeah. to be, it needs to be right here to sound good." And it's. So I've been just kind of finding stuff that I can go smaller. Like, so I've been using this a lot. I don't know if you can see. Oh, it's behind that. It's black. There's a, I got a, um, a Pro Junior. I've just been using a Pro Junior. Great little yeah. amp and I'm pushing the rest through pedals and it's. Does the job. It does the job. And I'm not playing high gain stuff. If I was going to do that, if I, if I was playing more high gain, I'd probably use this with higher gain pedals like a G3 or a G4 right from rev hmm. yeah i i forgot about that because i like i like the rev guys we were hanging out with them at the dallas guitar show and you know i like Derek. they're all super nice guys you know oh, yeah. and that's i was talking jersey that you didn't get a jersey no oh, that's right you don't sell it i'm not a dealer <laughs> so being a dealer they sent us jerseys last year oh wow so i got a so i got a rev hockey jersey that says ike on the back <laughs> that's awesome yeah and they I said, couldn't, I mean, like maple syrup the last time they came in they gave me two jugs of maple syrup that's very canadian i love it <laughs> it's great so we have a decent amount of canadian friends uh my friends over at texas toast guitars which are just up the street yeah. from me one of their friends is from ontario and he's been here a couple times and he brought me a jug of boutique syrup maple syrup and it's awesome fancy syrup yeah fancy boutique syrup does it give you the boutique diabetes it did this morning i had to take a <laughs> nap after i ate it crash we went to some waffle house place this morning not waffle house but some place like that in gunborough city after we took the dogs and the cat to the vet we're having like waffles and pancakes and i was like y'all got sugar-free syrup and they're like yes we do I'm like, okay because i gotta have the sugar-free I don't have the beatus. I'm just trying to not get the beatus. Not get it. Yeah. Right. I'm preventatively. I don't I don't have a bad sweet tooth. So like I don't usually go after like a lot of sweets. So I don't yeah. drink soda. I rarely drink soda at all. I drink all the soda. I know. I rarely drink soda, but if I do, I have like a ginger ale. Yeah. Or a cherry coke. But that's once in a while. I don't drink soda much at all. Yeah, I drink the Zeros, Coke Zero, Dr. Pepper Zero. They are significantly better than Diet Coke or Diet Dr. Pepper. God, that's got all aspartame in it. Oh, it's fine. 
Uh, no calories in Papa. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to send you the link. The dude I've been following for a long time helped me lose a lot of weight. It's a big fitness guy, and he's like, there are no clinical studies published because people talk about the the dangers of the artificial sweeteners. He's like, there is no proof that it does any of the things that they say. If you actually go do all the research and read all the studies on humans, no proof at all it hurts you. Sugar absolutely will give you diabetes. Oh, sugar will make you fat. Yeah, and you know, absolutely will make you fat. Yeah, yeah. And he said there's more proof the sun is going to give you cancer than there is aspartame. And so if you're not wearing sunscreen every time you walk outside, shut up about the cancer and the aspartame. I'm like, all right, I'll trust him. He's more educated than me. Yeah, there again, it kind of runs into the thing. Like, eh, I don't really drink enough for to worry. It was this. It was a significant amount of my calorie intake of soda. Yeah, well, you had the you were drinking those the NOS stuff, right? I was drinking Monsters for a while. That's it, the Monster stuff. So yeah, which yeah. has less calories than Dr Pepper. Yeah, I'm just just give me a cup of coffee, man. I'm I'm from the Northeast. I'll just <laughs> this is good coffee. It'll be it'll be 85, 90 degrees, and I'll just <laughs> I'll have a hot cup of coffee, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I go, "I don't know, man. Maybe it's just being from the Northeast. I drink coffee, and it's hot as fuck outside." Oh, it's got to be out. I'm from the South. I like it sweet. Oh, that was you. I was like, is somebody knocking on my door? It's out. Well, I titled this opening a guitar store question mark. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. After 40 minutes, we should talk about it. Let's so people canvas. You'll never talk about opening a store. Son of a biscuit. I'm like, all right, clickbait. Shut up. (laughs) All right. Now, I kind of know the story of how you started, but why don't you share with the universe how <laughs> you started? How I started? Yeah, in the guitar, in the music business side of things. So I just started, um, it was a side hustle, really. Uh, buying and selling gear that I found on Craigslist. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, I'd buy a guitar and I'd, do a setup on it and sell it for 50 bucks or 75 bucks. And I, I, but I, at the time I would buy anything too. So I, I was right. doing like garage sale stuff. So I would right. go in Gary V Gary V style. Yeah. I go on and buy something. I still got some of that crap laying around because it was just something cool. Like, Oh wow. But I'll buy this old fifties um, fire engine. Cause I bought it for 15 bucks and it was worth a hundred bucks or something. Right. But, but music gear was more of a thing that I kind of knew a little bit better. So I would really pinpoint uh, if I was on Craigslist, I would search for guitars, musical instruments, stuff like that. And I would, and I would go and look for that stuff. But then I'd also find stuff that I'm like, Oh, I could fix that. Oh, I got an extra set of pickups. I could put in that and change that. So it kind of started, that was the seed. And then um, I broke my ankle. You know, the story, I broke my ankle. And then I was home for about four or five months with a cast. So I about 700, took about 750 bucks and said, I'm going to try to invest in, see if we could do something with this. Um, so I got a DBA doing business as. This is still right. while I was in New York. Sole proprietor. Yep. So still in New York. And I started making phone calls to see if people would sell me stuff. And that was fun. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, well, I, if I have a license, I could buy wholesale and I could sell for retail and hopefully I can make a few bucks and this right. will be fun while I'm stuck at home. Um, you know, convalescing and you know, I'm, 
I'm looking up on the internet. I'm like, oh, sure, I'll call Roland. They sell, they're big, they're a company that sells musical instruments and stuff. And uh, and they go, you're who? Doing what? <laughs> yeah, no. No. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. Um, so then I just started like going, okay, maybe I need to shoot a little lower. And so then I found a company in Cleveland that was kind of what you call like a jobber or a wholesaler. Right. Mm-hmm. And they would sell, they sold like Chinese import guitars, gig bags, cases. Um, they did have some washburn pedals from way back in the day. Oh, right. Yeah. And then they also had the old snarling dog pedals. Remember those? I do remember those. So they had those and cables and this and that's and, and, and a few different other things. Uh, but they also sold Grover tuners. So like legit Grover tuners because Grover's right. based out of Cleveland. Um, so I would drive from Rochester down to, to Cleveland and I would buy stuff and I would see what he had. Um, and then I would put it up online and try to sell it, whether it was through Amazon or eBay or just through Craigslist and stuff like that. And that's kind of the the, the beginning of it all. And it all started to just grow a little bit more side money, just a little right. bit extra. I wasn't making right. much. Um, side hustle then, before it was cool. What's that? Side hustle before it was cool. Yeah, side hustle, just making some extra dough. Because um, I used to work in the restaurant and bar business. Uh-huh. For those of you guys that don't know or, or find out. So I did that for a long time. That's where our customer service really comes from, is from that business. Everything I learned from that. Um, right. So then... I was still in New York and I decided to, oh, while I was in New York though, I I did make a a call to Dunlop, MXR. Right. Which funny enough, where I grew up in Rochester, I was about a mile, little over a mile from the original MXR. Where the original MXR factory was where they made pedals. It was actually only about a mile, a little over a mile away from where I, from the house I grew up in. So that's kind of cool. And I didn't know that. I guess I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. It's like it Kaiser Capos are in Canton, Texas, and I didn't know it for like 30 years. Yeah, and they're, they're Dunlop's owned them for a long time, but that the original MXR and Mike Lincano actually plays golf with my dad. So he was one of the original guys at, at MXR. So I didn't realize this until way later. Yeah. You know? um, but then, so I called MXR and Dunlop, and I, call, and I go, okay, now I know a little bit more of what's going on and how to sell stuff. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. No problem. So uh, I, I I learned a little bit more of, you know, maybe how I should approach asking to sell stuff. Right. I said, well, let me give it a shot. Let me, yeah. So I called him and I said, uh, "Well, I have a very unique area in which customers can come and bring their own gear and try." these tryout pedals and um, really see if, if these things are going to work with their rig and, and work with their tone for what they're going to do as musicians in our local community. Just really just scared yeah. the shit, you know, like really, really doing it. And the salesman goes, Oh, that sounds really cool. He goes, yeah, let, let me send you the paperwork. I'll email it over to you and just get it all filled out and send it back and we'll get you started. And I go, uh, cool. For real? <laughs> you know, I was like, 
you you bought all that because the what I, in my head i was just talking about my garage right at the time it was like it's just my garage it was, i i literally didn't have flip side music it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't born yet this was even before i started flip side right this is just ike's house of jams yeah this is just side hustle money like i'm like okay okay but i was selling online um so then i started i ordered some stuff and i started selling on amazon which is a terrible experience by the way <laughs> uh and then eBay and, about that. yeah and locally um and so that's where it, then it started getting a, it's a little bit bigger and i was selling a, a few more things and i was you know doing all my own accounting and i'm like wow i'm making a you know an extra thousand bucks a month cool yeah or an extra you know sometimes it was way less Sometimes it was an extra $400 a month, but it still was like, wow, that's cool. Extra money. So then I decided to move back to Colorado and that was early. Well, I decided to do it in late 2012 and I moved like in January of 2013. That's when I moved back. And when I got back, I go, do I really want to work in the restaurant business anymore? I'm like, I'm tired of it. Late nights, dealing with drunks, yeah. dealing with nonsense. Hours. And I go, well, let's maybe make a go of this, this online thing. So this room I'm in was filled. I had racks. There was like, there was book racks filled with pedals and strings and cables and all sorts of stuff. And so I was doing it right out of this room sitting right here putting up listings taking pictures right there and and selling stuff online and then a buddy of mine called me and said hey i'm because he was doing stuff online too he's kind of the one that turned me on to it right and he goes my wife wants the garage back because all his shit was in the garage he goes my <laughs> wife wants the garage back do you do you want to grab a, a little warehouse or something and i said sure man like yeah because i want my room back and so me and him got a small 750 square foot warehouse. He took half of it. I took the other half. And then I started calling more brands and getting more stuff. Yeah. And, and then I was like, well, this is starting to be something. It needs to be an official store. It needs to be an official company. And that's when Flipside Music was actually born, was out of that little warehouse. And then I convinced my buddy Brian to let me have the front where the offices were right and i bought uh two slat walls that you know four by eight sheet of slat wall and that was the original flip side music was that was like 300 square feet you were there did you go to that store i i think so i'm pretty sure i'm trying to think if i did i remember talking to you there so you might have seen it through the camera or something or probably or something uh, you've seen pictures if you, if we, you go way back you'll see the pictures that's where the original pictures of the overseas yeah. guitars that we were previously not to mention right were on the wall uh and that's where it all started and then from yeah. there um you know we started getting busier and busier not a lot of people coming through the door right but online sales were there and i was able it was enough to to pay for the warehouse and put a couple hundred bucks in my pocket and to cover my mortgage here at the house because i already owned my house here in denver i never sold it right when i moved back to denver i still had my house yeah um, and then from there we moved to the our current location where we okay. are 
right now. I've been to that one. I don't think I've ever been set foot in the first one. But to the first, the original, the OG. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our I that one. Yeah, we've been in here for a long time, and that's when things were like we're full on going for retail. Like we're gonna try this for real, and that's when we. That's how it all started. And it was just, it's been a slow roll since then. Uh, I, there was no investors. Nobody wrote me a giant check and said, hey, here's $100,000. Go buy stuff and advertise. Literally, it started with 750 bucks. And I would reinvest and I would reinvest and I would just put more money back in. I gave myself barely enough to cover my mortgage and cover my food and utilities and everything. And my car was paid for at the time. Yeah, and that was it. And it just I kept putting it back in, putting it back in, putting it back in. And as we got bigger and bigger, I just kept putting more back in. And that's really been the whole yeah. story since um, since the inception. And it's, it's even what I do now, except I got employees now that I have to pay them first. Right. <laughs> and that's right. it. That's how it is. And it's really grown like word of mouth. You yeah, know, we haven't done a ton of advertising. It's been a lot of word of mouth and uh, how we've got our customer base. That's like my buddies down the road I was talking about. They've been in business for like 30 plus years now. I mean, he just, he started out of his house. He had like his garage. We bought my first drum set from this guy in like 1988, like way back. And he worked in the oil fields in East Texas. Like there was his day job, oil field dude. But at home, like above his garage, he had like a room above his garage. And it was filled with just guitars and drums and just crap all like sideways and which way. And but all the um all the local East Texas musicians, you know, between Shreveport and Dallas, like they knew this guy. And that's my teacher that I took lessons from. My guitar teacher was like, Oh, you gotta go talk to this dude. <laughs> it's like down some country road in this garage above the garage. And I'm like, where are we going? It wasn't even a store. You know what I mean? Sounds suspect, yeah. Yeah, but it was full of crap and like i mean guitar not crap but you know guitars drums basses sucking he was just buying stuff and then he eventually like had a little building and then it got grown and you know so it's a little bit at a time the the mistake i've seen some people make there was a store that opened up in longview texas i forgot the name of it but the guy the guy who was the uh he was a fiddle player for the maybe neil mccoy Whoever, somebody, guy who lives in Longview, Texas, big country guy, the fiddle player for the dude, opened a store, and he got a couple of other investors, like business people. Hey, give me some money. I'm going to open the store. And uh, it went out of business in about three years. <laughs> and, and I bought a guitar. I bought one of my Washburns, my first USA Washburn. Uh, it was on Craigslist because one of the investors, after the store closed its doors, all there was left to do was like, go get the gear back there was no money yeah just liquidate the gear yeah and so this guy was just on facebook from his he was like an environmental consultant dude guy who had an office and i went to his office and long you like had another room full of just crap and i was like well i got this guitar <laughs> you can have it for 300 bucks i'm like i will take that usa washburn guitar for 300 bucks you know mm -hmm. but I, I was talking to him really nice dude and he's like yeah so they opened that store immediately like 300 400 thousand dollars in debt the building and then you get you get terms 30 60 90 day terms from fender washburn us music whoever yeah send me fifty thousand dollars worth of guitars but you know 60 days later fender wants a check 
for $60,000. I mean, yes, they, they, do. they went big from the beginning because they wanted to compete with one of the other bigger stores. And it, it failed, you know? So instead of like start small and build with small successes, they thought they're going to go gangbusters out of the gate and compete. And it's like, it, well, hard. It's tough to do that in business to like just jump in and try to be a big player in, in a space. Yeah. The thing is, and especially in this, I mean, what I've learned is, you know, it would have been nice to, to have more stuff earlier, but I didn't have that kind of money. Right. Yeah, I didn't have, I didn't have 10, 15, $20,000 to just buy a bunch of gear. I mean, I didn't, our, my first order for with Dunlop was $300. Yeah. So the first order I made with a real company was 300 bucks. And I thought yeah. we, you know, and, and I'm like, Oh man. And I remember the first time I put in a $700 order, I was like, Oh shit. We getting big, son. Like you know, it we hit like, the big times now. Yeah, we getting big. But it was funny because then, like, you know, it was. But what I learned was that, especially in the music business, people need to trust you. Yeah, they need to know that you know what the frick you're talking about. They need to know that they trust you, like you're legit. At least the guys in the players. You know, right. the people that are in the scene, the players and stuff like that, like it takes time. But if you treat one one of those guys right from a certain band or whatever, and they're out playing off all the clubs, they're out doing it. They go, hey, man, did you hear about this guy that's selling? They got a cool pedal collection. They got a lot of stuff going on. It's a new little store. Go check it out. And so what happened with us is we just started grabbing because I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, this, this or it, it just grew organically. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I could call Fender and say, oh, yeah, send me 40 grand worth of guitars because, well, I didn't have 40 grand and right. I had nobody to borrow 40 grand from. So that wasn't going to happen. Um, so but. I could call Electro Harmonics and say, uh, hey, how much, you know, and once I got in with a company, I started realizing how shit worked. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, I call them up and say, hey, now I have a store. Yeah. You know, I have a I have a retail spot. So now we're not just trying to sell online because mm -hmm. they'll sell pe to people online, but you better have some money, yeah, and some stuff set up because otherwise they don't know if you're a scam. Right. Yeah. They so, want to see brick and mortar. Yeah. If you're a brick and mortar, it's a yeah, different awesome. story. So I was like, hey, I got a store. Call. How much is it to get started? Oh well, we require X amount of pieces. Okay, I could I could pull that together. You know, yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, I, I could pull that together, put an order yeah. in. Now I have MXR and Electro Harmonics, and then oh, here's this other little company that's making a splash, Earthquaker Devices. Well, they yeah. seem like they're getting popular. They make some cool stuff. Hey, how much is it? Could, could we get started? Oh yeah, we don't have a dealer in Denver. Sure, here's fifteen hundred bucks. And so it started, we started to build, and that's why, like, right now, we probably have the most pedal effects in the region. You have a, a plethora of pedals. We got a lot. So, and that's how it started. It was really just out of necessity. Like, I ain't got a lot of money. Yeah. So let's start getting, the, we, could, we could have these really cool brands that do really cool things. And then, it, and that's a good reason for people to come in. And as far yeah. as pedal, or guitar companies, 
you know, we did make an investment on said company that we won't mention. He who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, he that shall not be named. Um, we, you know, we tried that. That was the first pedal, first guitar company we were trying to like, like see if we could give a, have a go with. Yeah, that that went. It, we it went somewhere. Yeah, I learned a lot from that oh, experience. That was the most money I ever spent with any brand ever at that point. Me too. And I was that like, was, that was the that was a huge, that was the biggest investment for me. Yeah. I've ever made in anything. And it, I had a buddy that I respected who back in the day, the guy from Pittsburgh, Eric McKenna, Boogie Street Guitars, like he's not even in the music gear anymore. He became a realtor, mm -hmm. killing it in Pittsburgh as a realtor. But now he's tipping his toes back into the guitar stuff. I can see what he's doing. He's making his money in the real, real estate game, but he's tipping his toes back into... He did what you did. He started. He just started buying stuff used and selling it on, you know, eBay and locally and stuff in Pittsburgh, buying used guitars, selling them, buying used guitars, selling them, and then he became a dealer for Washburn and then just one, selling online. He had an office that was there, but he didn't. You couldn't go to the office and buy it. So he did. He kind of did what you did, but with guitars and um, he. Well, oh, I talked to him because I have a couple of Boogie Street guitars. Like my nicest USA custom shop washburn is from him and I got two others. And so I used to talk to him and ask him advice like in 2010 when I started, because he's a little bit older than me. Well, he's about five, he's about 10 years older. So he's like 55, 56. And he'd been in it for a while. So I trusted him and I was a customer of his. So I asked him, I was like, hey, Eric, I'm thinking about doing this thing with this company. Here's the stuff. What do you think? He's like, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> he says, never buy that many guitars. He said, call him and see, can I get 10 and see what happens? So that was his advice, which is how I ended up with the uh, the NAM guitars that I got. Because he was, because he did a thing with Washburn where he did these limited run imports in batches of 50. And they were numbered, number one through 50. And each one was numbered. I have number 12, blah, blah, blah. You could only buy it from him and dealer exclusive thing. And with Washburn, he had a, they were supposed to be scheduled out. Like he'd get the first 50 and sell through those and then get the next 50 of a different guitar and sell through. But something happened, the factory and everything got switched around and he had like 200 guitars show up at once. And they were like, hey, we need a check for 200 high-end custom shop. I mean, they're Korean guitars, but they were limited custom stuff. And he was just like, he told me, he's like, Ryan, like one... Like one wrong ten or twenty thousand dollar decision can put you out of business. I mean, depending on where you're at and your margins and stuff, or like one hundred thousand dollar mistake in your business. Where you are in your business, right? It could be it could be one wrong hundred thousand dollar mistake could ruin your business. Oh yeah, I was like, or one ten thousand dollar. Like, I was like, okay, I should have listened to it. <laughs> Think, I mean, we're still here. You're you're still here. We're still here. I'm still so. here. I mean, it was. It was an expensive lesson to learn, but we did sell the guitars. Right. We blew them out at the end, so we got our money back. And yep. I rolled that into um, other guitars. I think the first brand that was big that we picked up was GNL. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, we sold like Michael Kelly guitars for a while before Sam Ash bought them. Yeah. So we dipped our toe in with them. We sold ESP for a little bit. I remember you know, 
we sold i got reverend because i always thought reverend was great guitars and yep. they were at a good price point um because we weren't at you know we couldn't invest we couldn't make the 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 jump to fender yet right because we just weren't there and then when when we could we did and we've done really well with fender um fender I mean, dealing with fender has got it you have your own challenges when you start dealing with right certain brands and how they operate their business right so you got to work within the parameters of that which sometimes can be a challenge yes um but you know i'm always one of those you got to get a little risk to get the reward yeah but also you know if you got to dig deep to make it happen that's what you got to do yeah and that's kind of what we've done with some of this stuff um you know, and now the things, the pandemic and all the things, and now we've got a new building, like all that stuff, just everything is constantly changing and, and you have to reevaluate everything. Yeah. I was, my first brand actually brought on was Schechter. So like in like late, like November, maybe of 09, it's like, I hadn't technically opened the doors yet of the building for business. I was, but I was in here like remodeling and building walls and painting and laying floor and stuff and uh, preparing. And uh, I think I might have called GHS first because Boomers, because I played Boomers. So I think mm -hmm. I called GHS and like, yeah, what's the use of strings? It's either GHS or D'Addario. One of the two. I can't remember. Um, it might have been D'Addario. But like in 09, I was putting in, I put in, same thing. I just called up GHS or, or D'Addario and said like, hey, I've got, a, I, didn't tell, I wasn't open yet, but I was, I had my my DBA and my tax ID for reselling. I was like, "Hey, I've got a little I've got a little lesson studio in a small guitar shop in Canton, Texas, and uh, I'd like to carry your strings. What's it gonna take?" And they're like, "Oh, we'll send you over the stuff. It's this." And it was really easy. like the first thing I ordered was strings from a string company, and my very first order I ever put in somewhere was like two hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. So I started with like a two hundred dollar order. And then got something else. And then I was like, well, I already liked uh, Schecter's. <laughs> and I knew they would work with the small companies because there was a there was a store in Tulsa where I lived up there that did exactly what I do. They taught lessons. Like what they 80% of what they did was teaching lessons. You could buy X cables and they had a few guitars and they had Schecter's in the same town with Guitar Center who had a buttload of Schecter's. So I was like, well, they'll obviously work with somebody small because my buddies up in Tulsa did it. So I called them. I love Schecter. It was completely the wrong move because the first thing I did was order like 12 electric guitars. Well, that's not what sells in East Texas. <laughs> I should have ordered 12 acoustic guitars. Right. And then so like so like in November, I ordered like, but they were having their end of the year thing. Like, hey guys, it's uh end of the year. We had oh, some yes. <laughs> packages like 16 guitars and this special pricing, extra percentage, blah, blah, blah. I'm like free shipping. Yeah. And I was like, and I had a couple of buddies. Well, Paul, the bitter bass fan, I was like, Paul, because for them, but like back then, I don't know what it is now, but back then it was like 16 units or 15 units. I was like, Paul, you want some Schecter basses? Because he already played Schecter bass. I was like, I got to meet this unit order. And he's like, yeah, get me four basses. <laughs> so like, I, I, I mean, I sold them to him for like what my cost was because it helped me meet the unit demand. Then I had another buddy who wanted a guitar. And so he bought a guitar and I gave him a Keeler deal. So really out of my own pocket, I only had to buy like nine guitars. Uh, they hung on the wall for a long time though, because I should have got acoustics. And that summer is when I learned 
bro, no, you should have bought acoustics first because those sell. Right. And then put some electrics on the wall in small town, East Texas. But, but um, those are the lessons. Those are the lessons we learn as we go. Yeah. You know, like we have more electrics than acoustics, but we, you know, I picked up Yamaha because they make a hundred and seventy nine dollar acoustic that sounds great. Yeah. It's, but and it moves. So, but these are all lessons you kind of learn as you. We've made some missteps. I brought brands in that I'm like, this is gonna be great. Like, <laughs> It's like, <laughs> you know, much. shit, yeah. you know, and then we let's blow those out because they just, they're not moving or the company's hard to deal with. You know, yeah. I, I remember having one guitar company that was like famous, not famous, but had a good following on online, not the aforementioned guitar right. company we won't mention. Shall not be named. <laughs> yes, the company that shall not be named, but it was something similar to that. Yeah, and I remember I called him and he goes, "Yeah, you got to order ten guitars." And I go, "No fucking way, bro! Who you? You're not ten guitar company you're not, guy. You're so not. I'm not going to do that. But maybe send me three and let's get started." Yeah, and so he did. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, well, you got to order all these. We have to get a commitment." And I go, "You're not that big. I'm not going to commit. You want me to order ten thousand dollars with the guitars that I don't know what's going to happen." And I go, I don't think so. So that fell apart. But I yeah. learned a lesson off of that, too. So all this stuff is, you know, and I think any business, anybody that thinks they know all their shit out the gate. I mean, look at Elon Musk right now. Hey, I'm going to buy Twitter. We're going to do all this thing. <laughs> you know, he's had to Twitter for two weeks and it's it's just swirling around the turlet right now. Oh, my gosh. I, I have had a Twitter since, like, forever, like 2010. I've never, never been really been on it because I didn't really like it or figure it out. I thought, maybe I should tweet a little bit more. But Ken, Ken's my friend here in Canton, who uh, said, what guitar line would you recommend for a small music store? Um, I was about to say, I mean, we don't carry Yamaha, but I don't know what the buy-in is with Yamaha. I've never actually asked them if it's, like, a significant thing. I think it might be. It's fairly significant, but here's the thing. Because of the pandemic and all the things that have happened with supply chain and this is and that's, there's a lot of companies that aren't opening anybody up right now. Ah. Unless it's an area that they're not being serviced. They're not represented. So, yeah, so so what happened with us, I called Yamaha and and then I'll, I'll get to the question too. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, throw yeah, yeah. Or my suggestion into it. Um, so I called Yamaha and said, hey, we're interested in carrying you guys because, um, well, you're Yamaha and you guys make good guitars and we'd love to have that. We'd love to have your brand um, in our store. And they go, he goes, ah, sorry, man, we're not opening anybody up right now. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to be really a, you know, we're going to be able to help you out. And I go, okay, um, can I ask you a question? He goes, sure, man. What's going on? I go, um, well, we are here in Denver Metro. Who is your go-to dealer for Yamaha here in here in uh, Denver Metro? And he goes, well, it's uh oh. Um, he goes, hang on. And I hear tap it, tap it, tap it, tap it, tap, tap, tap. And he goes, oh, we don't have anybody. I go, oh. Now I already knew that. Right. I did, my, I already did my research. I already knew nobody in, the, in Denver or surrounding was carrying Yamaha. I already knew that. That's why I went for it. And he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We don't have anybody. I go, okay, well, 
I know what you just told me, but I am on the phone and I'm interested. Can and there's you, how many million people in Denver? I go, can we continue this conversation or do you think there might be an option? He goes, let me get back to you on this. He goes, because he goes, let me let me call you back. I go, all, all right, I'm interested. You feel free, you know, give me a call back. Can we can you call me back tomorrow at like three in the afternoon? Yeah. I've learned some shit in business. Sometimes you got to tell them when to call you. Right. You know, or give a deadline because otherwise it'll just float out there. Right. Sometimes if you just let it float, it'll float forever. So if you could try to at least lock them down on a time or something, and this is for anybody that you're working with in any type of business sometimes, that way you can at least move that cycle along. Right. Because you got stuff to do too. Right. I ain't got time to be waiting around wondering, oh, I hope Yamaha calls me today. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, so he called back and he's like, yeah, well, we don't have anybody. So yeah, well, we can move forward, but there's a lot of companies out there that aren't opening still aren't right. opening new dealers. Right. Um, so a follow-up question, Ken, Ken was asking, does doing Yamaha, does that get you into their brass woodwinds and keyboards? My guess is no. Separate divisions. Yeah. That's like, you, just because I have a Yamaha account doesn't mean I can order a motorcycle. Right. Or a trumpet. Or a trumpet. So there it's... are different divisions within that. Right. Uh, guitars, but they have the keyboards and synths and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you have your brass and all those kind of things. So if, if that was something I was interested in, I certainly could approach them and sure. ask them about that. But there may be a different requirement because of that. Yeah, I feel like with the band instrument thing, that's a whole nother animal completely. A whole nother kettle of fish. A whole different crew of people just to that stuff, you know. So who would you suggest? What company? Oh, it's Buku's money. It's just crazy money. There's some dough involved with with that side of things, but there's money to be made there too. Sure. Um, So starting out, I would say why is this camera sorry this is driving me crazy too it doesn't like you well i think it's time for a brother to get a new camera is what's going on yeah yeah because that's just i don't know what's going on i got Um, mine at walmart you got a target there y'all are fancy well these this cameras i've never had a problem and all of a sudden i'm having an issue but i'll i'll figure it out i'll get something better it's me it could be it maybe it's the connection it's like we're yeah. gonna focus on Ryan and maybe blur out this other guy. Um, I would look at for acoustics. I would probably look at uh, Alvarez. Ah, very good company. We also carry Alvarez, and we've been very impressed with what they've sent us. All right. Um, so that would be a company I would look at. And then, as far as electric guitars, I would look at GNL. Yeah, because the GNL Tribute Series stuff. You're looking at $600 price point for strats and tellies that are yeah. awesome. That will go up against classic vibe. It'll kill a classic vibe, but they'll right. also go right up against, I'll put this against any, now I'm a life, I'm a Fender dealer and I'm a lifelong Fender guy. I mean, I have, right. I have a number of Fender guitars around here and I love the, I, I love the brand. Um, but even the tribute series stuff, you know, there's times where they beat out a standard strap or a standard telly. S500 goes, you know, can go toe to toe with a standard telly or a standard strat any day of the week. Yeah. 
So that's a brand you could, if you could get into that kind of covers that fender ground, that's not fender. But if you start telling the story about it, there's, there's yeah. good opportunity. Cause we sell Neo fender was involved. Yeah. We tell people, we ask people uh, often, are you familiar with, you know, do you know the history of it? Some people are like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's other people like, no, I, I don't know. And then once you explain, you know, Leo's progression, they go, oh, okay, cool. So they realize that it it's, you know, you know, if Colonel Sanders opened up another chicken place and called it Colonel's Chicken, and you're like, man, I don't know about Colonel's Chicken. And then you go and you realize Sanders did it. Then you go, okay, I get it. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So on acoustic side, I would say Alvarez is a really great way to go. They make good stuff. And then I'd say on electric, G&Ls would be a great way to go, too. But there I'm are gonna some questions. I got to use the bathroom like crazy because I've been drinking this whole time. So I'm going to remove myself, I think, from uh -oh. the stream and let you finish talking. You can answer questions. Keep it PG-17. I can't F-bomb all over? Because you I know mean, I like to swear. But I, I know. Good. All right. I'm being good for that. I've only said F twice, I think. I know. And that's, that's okay. I'm going to allow you a few because we're friends and you can do that. And you know how I do. I do know how I do. I'll be right back. All right. So let me look over here on the comments section and see what's up. Let's see if we can get this settings on this camera. If anybody wants to send me a nice camera, because this is terrible. All right. Let's try this again. All right. That's about as good as you're going to get, I guess, guys. All right. So uh, what do you all think about the Nux stuff? This is Jeffrey Egan asking. Well, not Nux. It's New X is what I was told. Um, they've approached us. And I think it's it's the affordable, it's the affordable version of a lot of things. Uh, and I think in regards to that, some of it's going to be good and some of it's not. The stuff we've heard, some things sound really great, but it could also come down to the the longevity of the item. You know, so you know, if you buy a boss pedal, it might last you 30 years. And that's what you kind of expect from certain brands. I think some of the brands that are inexpensive, um, that are somewhat replicas of more expensive pedals, they could last, but they might not last that long. So there's a number of them that are out there. So, so Jeffrey Egan says uh, that he has a GNL tribute and it's great quality. Like I said, I've had this thing for, I don't know, seven or eight years now. That uh, was one of the first ones that we bought that we brought into the store. And literally I've played, I don't know, at least a dozen shows or more with that. And it's just always stayed in tune, minor modifications, not the hardware or not the uh, electronics. But just the bridge i just upgraded the bridge and even the tuners are the original tuners and, it, and it's awesome and i and I, the reason i have it is because it is a stable workhorse for me so hey i made I, it back <laughs> i think i got one question you know i'm long-winded as fuck. that's all right i uh you know hey. i lost a bunch of weight in uh 2020 2019 mm -hmm. and one of my secrets is i drink a lot to keep me from eating a lot. However, you got to go. You got to go. 
I've so, done pretty good this year. I've lost, I've lost, yeah. I've lost a few pounds this year because I was like, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of being fat, bald, and ugly. I can only do one thing. I can only fix one thing. So can I always grow a beard? So I'm gonna start eating salad. I might start get, get more beard, more beard, more handsomer. I might have to. I might grow this out because we are getting into winter time. So you know, I I usually do grow it a little bit, but I might grow it out a bit this year. You should. What was the question you answered? Uh, Jeff asked about Nuex. Pedals. Yeah, yeah. And so basically what I was saying is that, you know, they're a pretty decent alternative to the actual pedal. Um, yeah, yeah. But sometimes it could be, you know, how durable is it? Sure. I've Whereas actually, like, you know, a boss pedal, you could beat the hell out of somebody with it and th plug it in and play a whole show and it'll be fine for 30 years. So. Right, yeah. I actually have a new X pedal that's like a acoustic IR loader thing that I bought. I bought it on Amazon. And uh to go with I have a acoustic electric with a piezo. I mean electric guitar with a piezo in it. Or mm. piezo, whatever. Piezo. Piezo. I call it piezo because I had a neighbor. Yeah. Who was it from Italy and his name was Joe Pizzo. Joe Pizzo. Called the same way and everybody called Joe Pizzo. So I always call <laughs> say Pizzo. It could be Piezo, Piezo, Piezo. I bought, it, I bought it for that. And, um, but then I had, a, I had a sales rep come in a couple of days ago. Who's a guy I know from way back. He used to have his own store in Kansas back in the mid 2000s. And now he's like a, the, the dude dude in charge of all the other sales reps. But we've known each other for forever, pre, before RNA existed and any of that other stuff. And before he was in the rep game. And he came in to say hello. So we met in person. That was cool in 3D. And like they do New X. And he's also over like Breed Love. Mm -hmm. and a couple of other things. Good stuff. Yeah, they were talking to me about the Breed Love stuff. I'm like, well, let's talk because I've never heard a bad thing about Breed Love. And when I worked at the Evil Empire a thousand years ago, we sold Breed Loves there and they were nice. And yeah. it was like, you know, you know, they're I mean, their most like budget friendly breed love, I think is around like 450. Maybe, I mean, it's, it's, you know, close to 500 bucks is there, is there like budget cost efficient one, you know, the cheapest uh, one is like, but that's a good investment. You know, like yeah. you buy a $500 acoustic from a good company. Yeah. That's going to, you, you're going to hold that for a bit. Yeah. Cause they were asking me, it's like, so what do you do for acoustics? I'm like, well, let me tell you, because I started with Washburn. I love Washburn. But during the whole pandemic thing, well, once Washburn got bought out by, I think KMC is the distributor for him. I got some Washburns if you want them, if you need to put some in the store. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, once they got bought out, I used to deal with Washburn directly and call them and they had people and they had offices and all that sort of stuff. And then I remember when they got sold, because my sales rep, a lady, really nice lady, I think her name is Jean. She was super cool. I understood what we did and worked with and everything she's like well i'm sorry i'm gonna be your person anymore we're i mean they get sold out after they got sold out it was a little bit different but i still liked them still ordered them i have zero problems they had good like budget friendly ones they had good high-end ones um but when when covid happened it got to the point like i couldn't order any well you know like everything was sold out everywhere so i just couldn't I could, yeah I, mean, we, I have more guitars now than i've ever had and part of that is because I just want, I went heavier because I didn't want to end up without stuff. And now yeah. I got, but this is like everybody, we've all heard about Target, you know, mm -hmm. having more shit. 
I mean, we're not that heavy. I didn't go crazy. I was reasonable. You know how I do. Yes. I was very reasonable about what I did, but I also didn't want to be in a position that we didn't have stuff. Well, right. Now we have some extras, which is good. But we do need to liquidate some of our inventory because we, but for a while, you couldn't get anything. I mean, yeah, yeah. Still, Fender is still backed up. Some of these companies are still backed up. You know, we have customers, hey, can you order me this? Yeah, it's going to be six months. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll go, okay, well, let me see what I can do. And then they'll call back in two days and go, okay, I, can you order that? And I go, yeah. who else did you call? Because they told you the same thing, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, everybody. They want to get it through us. So I appreciate that. But Yeah. Well, because they've built a relationship. Yeah. And going back to that question from way before it was like, why buy it from why buy from us and not Sweetwater? It's like, well, you can buy from wherever you want to. That's fine. But like, why buy your lumber from Home Depot when there's a lumber shop right in your own community? Mom and pop. I mean, there's a little bit of a philosophy thing to it. It was like, well, would you rather give your money to a big faceless corporation that doesn't give an F? Or would you rather support a small business that's trying to feed their local community and, and make an impact? Yeah, they send their kids to the, to the local school. Their taxes go to the local community. We, luckily enough, Denver's a very local-orientated uh, city. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be honest, ever since I have my business, I am way more local-orientated. Like, I'll, I will go to the – even though it might be a bigger store like an Ace Hardware. Right, right. There's I'll an Ace Hardware. Ace Hardware that's owned by the local guy. I'm not, I don't yeah. go to the hard, I won't go to Home Depot or – you know, I'd rather go to the local burger shop or to like a food truck because I know I'm helping I'm helping people in my community that are, have their own small businesses um, instead of going to the major corporations. Same thing with like Amazon. Like I only order off of Amazon if it's something I can't get local. Right. Yeah. You know, so I try to really do uh, support local local businesses just because I know what it's like. Yeah. You know, and I want every extra little dollar helps so yeah now i get it there are there are people out there who don't care and all they care about is the lowest price or whatever and it's like well i mean you're free to do that absolutely and that's oh, fine sure. i'm not mad i'm for shopping somewhere <laughs> else but you know there are also people who are like oh i'm gonna buy it from you i'm like well thank you i know you can get other places but you choose to buy it from us because they like what we do and the vision and like all that kind of stuff so that's relationships yeah, and that we get it. You know, we get people that come to us because, well, it's good. It's good business to make sure you have the stuff in hand. You know, not to be out of stuff all the time, too. Right. So, um, so we That's try to, to accommodate that. You know, but there's all people. We do get special orders, and then yeah. we are. It might be that also the fact that, hey, we kind of know how to use this thing. Because mm -hmm. you can't call Jeff Bezos to ask you how to make you a stereo rig. Right. Where you can call Dylan and Dylan will walk you through on how to put that, how to put your rig completely together or how to put your acoustic rig so you're not having feedback or how you can split this signal to do a thing here and a thing there. You know, Sammy yep. Ash might not be able to do that for you. You know, Jeff Bezos ain't going to be able to do that for you. We know what's his name ain't gonna do it for you over at Shitwater anymore because now he's not even in charge. You right. know what I mean? Like, so there's a there's a little bit of a difference. Hang, yeah. Hang on one second because I got I got somebody that needs to get in this room because 
I can hear him whining at the door. Right. Yeah, no worries. Let me Come know on, when you're back. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I, hear, me... I hear you whining out there. Come here, my buddy. Come here, my buddy. Let me. I'm going to scroll through some comments here. Hey, oh, hey. look at that. There's that. There's that dude. That's my boy. Say hello to. Say hello to Ryan. Hey man, he don't bark stay. at me. He will side eye the shit out of everybody. <laughs> you should have seen it when we were at the vet. When we were at the vet today, and we had to put Hetfield. Our schnauzer up on the table. Mm-hmm. They gave him the little peanut butter. They gave him the pill to knock him out, I guess. And then they got no, it wasn't the Hetfield. It was the cat. Frank. His name's Gileo, but we named him Frank because he looks like Frank. Yeah, Nicholas named him Gileo. It's his cat, which is some Gundam anime character name. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Gileo? What what is this? I was like, son, he looks like a Frank. I'm gonna call him Frank. This is Dave. Dave. I mean, <laughs> Frank, it just seemed Frank seems like the name. It was Frank when he was up on the table and they gave him the pill to knock him out. And then they took his temperature. And uh, <laughs> Angela was cracking up. She's like, did you see Frank? Because he was just like. <laughs> <laughs> he just like turned slow, head turned like, what are you sticking where? Yeah, just, why, why is this happening? <laughs> it cracked her up. And, like he didn't fight or like claw or anything. He was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> so anyways. Yeah, they'll stare you down. Oh, yeah. uh, he's been he's been good, you know. I you, you know my situation recently, so mm-hmm. so those yeah. of you that are watching, I lost my seventeen and a half year old Australian Shepherd last week. So my boy Dave here, we're both a little bit, you know, figuring out life after after that. Yes, he's been real. He's been really good. He's been That's very good. mellow for being a. So he's a blue healer. Yeah. Which is like one step away from wild animal. Because <laughs> I, I just want yeah, to get a neck. I just want to get a collar on him that says psycho. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a bit nuts, but he's a, yeah. he's really is a good boy. We talked, we talked about this a little bit before the stream, you guys, because like uh, we had our, our little schnauzer Roxy that we had for <sighs> like 12, 13 years past earlier this year. And I was absolutely unprepared because I haven't lost a dog like that since I was a kid. Not lost a dog, but had one pass away. Yeah. And I was not prepared for how emotionally attached I was to her. Because people talk about, us. Oh, it's just a dog. It's not like it's your dad. I'm like, well, I know that. But 12 years of companionship. My dad can be an ass sometimes. Yeah. Roxy was cool all the time, you know. And they're always there. They're always, always on your there. foot. You feed yeah. them. You keep them alive. You water them. Yeah. You watch them poop. You yeah. know, like you clean up. Yeah, it's they're just so much part of every day. You know, yeah. I'm the same way, man. I'm blubbering like a little baby. It's just Yo. so tough, man. So yeah. amazingly tough. Just it's hard, you know. But that's not anything to do with the store you're right that's not guitar stuff but uh, well, yeah. she was my original shop dog so yeah. that was roxy she was our she was our rock dog and then, of course we still have some others and they're getting older and of course now we have the the, the young 
young buck schnauzer who's uh he's something else because all the other girls are all the other dogs are girls call them biscuits that's the pg word biscuits <laughs> biscuits like to run around right but uh i forgot what having a boy dog is like it's a little bit different they got a, a different bit. way of doing things boy cats i learned today because like our boy cat is nicholas's cat but he is like super affectionate he's like always like rubbing on your leg like hey what's up purr <laughs> it's like always just like he wants to be on you wants to like cuddle mm-hmm. our girl cats are like nah they, well, they that's, kinda, that's even with the dogs like dave's way more snuggler yeah he's way more of a snuggler than angie was angie was she was more like on Aloof. guard all the time like she would all if i was sitting down wherever i was she was in front of me yeah on patrol <laughs> like all the time she, she would snuggle but she wasn't like this guy's like up my ass <laughs> all the time wherever i am he wants to it's like dude i gotta be there like i'm surprised it took him that long yeah because i could hear him while like, i'm surprised it took him that long because he's just laying here he just wants to be but yeah yeah that's little, frank little different that's frank the cat he's all up in your business and of course the vets say we're like oh yeah boys cat boy cats are like that boy cats are a little more snuggle bug than girl cats i'm like huh i never knew that makes sense mm-hmm. he's, he's half the man he used to be today though so we'll see how snuggly he yeah. is he got a blob it yeah he got uh we, we we don't need we don't need any litters of kittens running around the house so oh, man they just multiply before you know it you're you'd be the you, oh do you know the cat people over at rna music <laughs> they're like rabbits Cat, yeah. cats are like rabbits, but more vicious. Yeah, they'll leave for two days and come back with eight. Yeah, smaller versions of themselves. Yeah. Terry, Terry said he cried for a couple of years after having to put his dog down. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm still. Oh, I'm. It's only me. been a week and a half. And I'm yeah. still like, I haven't been able to. I still have her medicine on the table mm. from when I brought her to the emergency vet. Mm. I haven't been able to move her dog bowl or her bed. Like I still, I just, I can't do it. I just, I yeah. can't do it yet. It's, it's just still, it's still too fresh. Too fresh. Yeah. Well, like Pepper, our Chihuahua, who was, she thinks Roxy was her mama. Cause we got her at like eight weeks and Roxy was full grown. Now Pepper's always super attached to me anyways, which is, I didn't even want her. Angela wanted a Chihuahua, but she became like my dog. Cause she's obsessed with me. But after Roxy was gone, Pepper was like, I'm like, all right, fine, Pepper. Yeah. You can come lay on me. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how attached you get. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the the all the other ones get a little bit more attention right now is cope help uh, helping us cope, I guess, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh I was gonna tell you, my guy who came in that was talking about breed love and all that stuff, he's also does the they're over the new X. And I was like, I actually have the new X pellet. He's like, Ryan, don't buy it from freaking Amazon. Talk to us about it. And so he was telling me about it. And I'm like, sounds interesting because they're kind of a newer company. Obviously, they're not established like everybody else. But they're apparently they're not that old. Right. But, I mean, they're not that young. The right. 90s, I believe. Yeah. I think they do a lot of OEM stuff for other people. Who's it? Which one? Breedlove? New X. Oh, New X. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I, yeah, had... yeah. I think what I was doing was I was reading. 
Right. You said that, and I thought we were back on uh, Breedlove. Because I'm looking over here at uh, Jeff Egan is talking about his ASAT Classic. Mm -hmm. And he said, because of the MS, uh, MFD pickups, doesn't really sound like a telly. See, that's why I love that telly. Oh, right. It's a little bit hotter and it drives the amp, but you could still roll it back and I could still get a because I'm not playing chicken picking. Right. I'm playing more blue, so I like the drive of it. But I can still get a nice little country twang if I need it. But yeah, sorry. I sidetracked. Yeah. Now we might end up doing some stuff because he was talking to me about the new X, and I already have one of their pedals, and I'm like, seems good. I kind of like it. And they were they would be one of those companies that's they're easy to work with. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, it's it's uh, it could fill a niche friendly. for us. You know, they're budget friendly. Yes, so that helps too when when people are looking for certain things. And that's a lot of our a lot of our sales stuff is it's more local, and like our students and like we have students looking for like they just need something simple and affordable and like you know. Yeah, I need something to have a distortion, or I need a chorus, or I need a reverb that's not going to yeah. cost me. You know, we got reverbs that are four hundred and eighty dollars. Like, yeah, but those, those are pro people that are looking for that stuff. But sometimes yeah. you just need a guy that's like, I need reverb. I just need. Like, Here's this outlaw pedal. It's fifty five dollars. Yeah, that's what I want. That'll work, <laughs> right? So meeting people where they're at with that stuff. So, and they do like electronic drum sets, which I've been like talking about because we've we got a lot of drum students, and yeah. So the new X apparently makes electronic drum sets and we were telling me about it mesh heads all that stuff i'm like and the budget was like they got a they got a fancy nice one and they've got a pretty cost effective one i'm like really got around like 400 mm. bucks 350 400 bucks i think they got one yeah. mm -hmm. which, is so like, you know, which is good price yeah so i was like all right so i could get some electronic drum kits i could get they've got you know tuners they got wireless systems because i've i was telling them my guy i was like listen this is the third Line 6 G10 transmitter I have snapped its shizzle up. Wow. This one, I was actually able to repair it with super glue twice. Oh, freaking boss. <laughs> is that chassis made of metal or is it plastic? This is plastic, but I've used this quite a bit and it's held up. But yeah. it depends on what budget you want to be on. But I'm a boss dealer, so there are sometimes... Right. Things end up at the house because, well, I got yeah. it at wholesale. So. I like, and to be fair, I use this like every single day, all day. Right. And I'm taking it in and out and stuff. Cause I, I'm, you know, I spend 80% of my time, 90% of my time teaching, like back and forth guitars and stuff. So I use this probably way more than it's intended to be used. Most so. I mean, I use this, this is here because I, so my little setup right here, I have uh, I have a Boss, one of the 59 basement pedals, mm -hmm. into a Strymon Iridium, into, my, into a little board, and I plug this into the pedal, and I plug this in into the guitar, and then I could sit here and practice along with something or learn something and play just through the monitors. If I'm, I just need something that gets me enough sound yeah. that I need. If I want to get something to add a little bit more... Uh, you know effects i use the katana i really like the katanas yep so I, i'll use that I've and got then one. i got the i got that d20 if i want to get a little bit more like i've got the cat audio 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, one of my other sales reps that I hadn't talked to in a while, who was my hookup with um, uh, Heritage, when we did Heritage for a little bit, his name is John. John Chapman. I like John. <laughs> I like John. And uh, anyways, the company he's with now does cat audio. I'm like, I used to sell cat audio, John. And like somebody else's, you know, rep rep firms change all the time. But he dropped this off because I was like, I freaking love wirelesses now. I hate being tangled with the cable. Oh, yeah. But uh, I have a love-hate thing with the Line 6 because... I mean, you can buy a new transmitter for 110 bucks, and I'm on my third one. <laughs> I actually broke down and bought a G50, which is their heavier duty, like pro level one. Mm -hmm. But it's a pack, and you've got to put it on your thing, and it double A batteries, and like I burned. I'm a Line Six dealer now too, so if you need stuff. Really? Okay. Was that a big buy-in? I was talking about that with somebody well, the other day. That's part of Yamaha. Oh, but we yeah. had to do a buy-in for that too. Okay. Hmm. Awesome. Well, just letting you know, Cad's but got some wireless stuff, and then Newx has their own wireless stuff. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll check this stuff out, and if uh, if it's all right, we'll carry it, and if not, then you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. We bring in brands, and like, what we do is we try to, you know, customers tell us sometimes. Hey, yeah. check out this. Check out that. We'll look at it. If it's a brand that we think we can do well, we'll bring it in. And then hopefully it, it works. We've had brands that we brought in. Uh, we had one brand, pretty famous brand. Oh, man, you guys got to carry it. Oh, man, you guys got to carry it. All right. So we called up, got them in. They move, but slow, slow. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to do way better with these than what we do. And then we're like, well, they're not bad pedals don't get me wrong good sound of pedals what happens is because we have so many now there's a lot more contrast you know somebody walks in and goes oh, i'm looking for a fuzz pedal and we're like do you can you narrow it down like yeah what type of fuzz are you looking for and they're like well a fuzz and i go we got like 70 different fuzz pedals man like we need yeah. to different sometimes we'll give some from a different family tree but then what happens is some of these brands that we bring in the contrast between their pedal and the two other brands that we like or carry the same kind of thing, those brands sell before the other one. So we yeah. So almost there's a competition in between the two of them sometimes. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it's it's funny because I like uh people will come in and asking for strings and like I I can't carry 700 different brands of strings because I don't it's not really worth it. Like it's it's funny because you have the stuff that you like, like I like GHS. Cause I played GHS for a long time. I tried Ernie ball. I didn't really like them that much, you know, and I just GHS worked good for me. So I thought mm -hmm. I'm going to sell those and I got them in and we're GHS dealers. And then I also got into Dario and locally nobody bought GHS. Everybody bought the Dario's. Right. So it was like when I would, I would finally nothing wrong with GHS. And I personally liked them a lot. They just didn't move. So when it came time to reorder more strings, I'm like, well, I'm going to order more into Darius. Because, I mean, they're just great, too. Like, it's not like, to, in my opinion, one wasn't better than the other or one wasn't worse. I was like, man, they're both great guitar strings. The one that sold more is the one I'm going to re try Which to keep on. Yeah. yeah. It, just, it starts to thin itself out. 
Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of the Dunlop strings. I have most of my guitars have Dunlops on them or Kurt Mangans. Yeah. Kurt Mangans, really good string. Yeah, they're the Colorado company. Really good. People that know them, buy them. People that yeah. don't are kind of like, eh, they're a little expensive. And it's hard to get people to change. Um, yeah. Whatever I don't have a Kurt Mangan, I have most of my stuff has Dunlop. And it's hard to convince people to try the Dunlop sometimes, but I really like them. I've, you know, like I'm a big fan of those strings. Jeffrey Egan needs a wireless. He keeps tripping over cables. Who's that? Jeffrey Egan. So Jeffrey, uh, Ike from Flipside Music in Denver, Colorado has your wireless options for you. I'm currently in the middle of locating some wireless. <laughs> so if you really want one, call Ike, because obviously you got the boss stuff. I've looked at the boss stuff. And the thing with the boss that I noticed was they have a separate one for passive pickups and a different one for actives with their wireless systems. I mean, yeah. with the line six, it's like both. Yeah, it's like, here you go. I don't know what the difference is, but I have guitars with actives and I have guitars with passives. Yeah, you need to kind of have something that covers both grounds. I don't, have, I don't have anything with actives. You're missing out. I did have a customer ask me about 8185s, though. Well, they are amazing. Yesterday, and I'm like, man, I'm not a ESP dealer. Sorry. EMG. Yeah, that's, didn't I say that? What did I say? Is it ESP? You know what I meant. Yeah, ESP, EMG, <laughs> EMG. EDM. I don't know. I'm a confused man. RNA. <laughs> hey, yeah. so I see in a question over here, mm -hmm. Metalhead Hippie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw, let me go back up. Let me, uh, the charity question. Yes. I can answer that question, I think. I think you can. And then I'll let you elaborate. Yes. <laughs> Flipside Music in Denver does support some charities. There's the Blues for Connection. Tell us about that. So Blue Star Connection is a charity that basically we, what we do so what the charity does is support like music therapists uh, and really supports anybody that kind of needs an instrument. Uh, but we try to, it, it's, it's geared more towards trying to help like kids. Uh, so mm -hmm. kids in cancer centers and stuff like that uh, and music therapists, because the, the, the founder of Blue Star Connection, his name was John Cat. Um, John started out by like, he was in a, children's hospital or something and the kid asked for a ukulele or a guitar and he goes well what color and he said green or something like that and so he went out and bought one and gave it to the kid colin i think colin was the first one and it just lit the kid up and colin ended up recovering from from his his um you know his ailment unfortunately that doesn't happen for everybody right um, so John just started going, man, that feels good. Let's let's do that. And so then he started getting more stuff and he started this little charity and people would then donate guitars and he would get those guitars to some other kid that needed it. And John's philosophy was like, man, we'll just we'll just get you what you need. If if you need something, we'll just get it. You know, like if a kid needs a if a kid needs a ukulele because that's what he needs, just just get just get the kid a ukulele. So John also started this thing called um, Blues from the Top up in Winter Park, Colorado. So every year it's a three-day blues festival because John's a big blues fan. 
I've been skiing there once. Okay. So thousand years ago. Winter Park. And um every year they do a big blues fest. Last couple of years, last year was the first year post pandemic that they actually had a big show. It was a great show. I was there. Um, so funny story along with this, I'll, 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 I'll do a sidetrack story because anybody that follows us know how I do. I start one story, sidetrack into a side quest and then make my way back over to the original story. So, uh, I love side quests. Yeah. So when I first moved back to Colorado, I was like, man, there's this blues festival up in, in, in Winter Park, that'd be cool to go to because there was like Joe Bonamassa and there was a couple other smaller, um, I think Tab Wall was playing. And I'm like, man, I'd like to go see some of these guys, but I ain't got no money. So how am I going to go see this thing? So I go, oh, well, let me look. And I'm looking at the website and it says volunteer. I go, well, shit. So I put in an application to volunteer and they said, yeah, if you can, you know. Um, so I went up there and they're like, well, you know, can you help us with the, beer stuff and i go yeah i bartended and ran restaurants so yeah i'll I'll pour beer the beer was like straight beer tent was straight shot to the front of the stage that's what's up so they go well we do four hour shifts and then you switch out i go listen i'm coming up from denver just put me on all day and they're like well we don't want you to stay we don't want you to do that all day i go i used to work in restaurants 14 hours a day eight hours of vacation i'm outside listening to music and I'm like, can I have a beer? Because if I have a beer, that'll make it easier. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you can have a couple. Just don't get loaded. And I go, excellent. Excellent. So I did that for a couple of years. And um, at this festival, and it was really great. Come to find out, John Cat, the founder of the, the charity I've, I've worked with for years now, was the guy that put that together. So a friend of ours put us together because he got somebody that donated a whole bunch of guitar cases to him, like 50 or 60 cases. So a mutual friend put us together and me and John got to talking. And John said, hey, Ike, I need to get rid of these cases because I'm not in the case business. I'm in the giving guitar business. John was from like North Carolina or something. So that's my worst North Carolina right. accent. <laughs> um, and I said, well, how about I'll buy all these cases off you. So we came up with a number. I wrote him a check, and I sold those cases. That was part of when I was at the original, right? Original I warehouse. That. I remember that. Yes, I had a shit ton of those cases, and um, and I said, well, I love what because at the time I was looking for a charity to work with. Because I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I want to work. Well, I want to do good stuff too, because that's that's good karma, but it's also a good person. Do good things for people. That's what we should do. So John says, well, hey, Ike, man, he goes, you know, a lot of people say they want to help, but not everybody shows up. I took that to heart. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm showing up. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to show up. But it was funny because I already volunteered for a thing that was for the charity for the two years. For that right. Thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, anyway. So since then. I work with John and we started helping. Hey, he'd go, we started storing the guitars and then fixing the guitars that were donated. And then we would send those to, you know, I've sent guitars to Children's Hospital Atlanta, Children's mm-hmm. Hospital in Minnesota. We've sent 
30 guitars to um, a music therapy uh, convention. I think it was in Kansas City a few years, about six years ago. Well, since then, John has passed. Right. Um, unfortunately, he was, because all the kids that they have cancer, they call them blue stars. These are our blue stars. We take care of them. And so John was the oldest blue star. And unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. Um, and since then, we still, myself and a bunch of people that were involved with the charity, keep it going. Right. Um, I still store the guitars. We still fix the guitars. We still ship stuff all over the country uh, to people that need it. And sometimes, John always told me, I don't want nothing with dust on it, Ike. If somebody needs something, you give it to them. That's what, <laughs> that's what he told me. Yeah. When I don't get direction from the people that are running it, I always default. I always have John in the back of my head telling me if somebody needs something and they and they need it, there's somebody that needs it. Take care of. So sometimes we have guitars left over, amps. We we get all sorts of different uh, stuff that gets donated, and sometimes I'll just give it to somebody because they need it. And that's that's it. So that's kind of what we do with the charity. So if you want to check it out, it's called Blue Star Connection. For those of you that are watching or maybe mm -hmm. watching later. On the replay. On the replay. Uh, it's called Blue Star Connection, and that's a thing that we do. And and we just continue to try helping out people that we can. Um, and music therapy is great for people that are fighting cancer and, and all sorts of diseases. So that's yeah. what we do for, for the charities. On top of that, I've helped other things, organizations. I have a tendency to, when shit goes to shit in my life, I have a tendency to try to give stuff. Because I feel like that's the universe is telling me that I got to help somebody else. Yeah. So there's a website called donatechoose.org. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But it's mm -hmm. a bunch of teachers that request things from oh, really? all different, you know, you can go on there and request, you could look at what teachers from all around the country need. So you could look at your community. So for me, I log in, I find Denver. Then I go to the music section because that's where I can help. I can't help anybody out with math. Right. <laughs> there, you know, I can't help you with math. <laughs> um, but so I go to the music section and I'll look at the teachers in the state of Colorado that need certain things. And there's been times where like, hey, we need 10 ukuleles because we're going to do um, we're trying to establish a music program in our grammar school. Right. Sometimes I'll just send. 10 ukuleles off to the school with a note like I, I saw that you need these and we just send them so yeah. sometimes that's just shit i do yeah because why not let's keep the music alive like rna music tells us to do keep the music alive. And, and you know what it costs us a few hundred bucks and that change that could change the life of some kids that need it in yeah. areas that are that, that need you know those kids may need that for whatever reason it is you know, for yeah. distraction or after our programs to help them keep them off the streets or just to build their self-confidence and, mm -hmm. you know, you, good you never, well you, never, you never know how something like that can affect somebody or a kid. And we've, we've donated guitars uh, and we've had guitars donated to us. I've had people like buy a guitar from us. And like, hey, I'm going to buy this guitar. I want you to give it to a student. I'm like, all right, okay. I can do that. And they're like, they're always like, give it to a student who deserves it. I'm like, okay, that makes it a little more complicated because <laughs> then I got to figure out like, 
is this kid going to appreciate it? You know, because they have some kids who are like they got a nice guitar. Parents, parents are not struggling. You know, whatever. So I don't necessarily want to give a guitar to a kid who's like they, they're taken care of. It's not an issue. And then you got some kids who take it real serious. That the perfect kid, in my opinion, is someone who maybe they're not uh, the most financially whatever. Um, sometimes it's sometimes it's a struggle for even parents to do like a lesson thing program. But the kid is super into it. You can tell this is their outlet. And I'm like, they practice. You know, when they come, you you can tell when you're doing lessons, the kids come back in. You practice. I'm like, bro, you practice. They're like, yeah. I'm like, I can tell <laughs> because from seven days ago till now, you are really getting it, man. And you can tell the ones who are like, <coughs> I'm like, you didn't practice, did you? They're like, no, I was really busy. I'm like, you're 12. Like, how busy are you? How many hours did you work at your job this week? 50? Just because like, you practiced for five minutes yesterday, I can yeah. tell it didn't, it didn't stick, man. Right. But, you know, you get that. You get the, the kiddos or, or, or the adults who are like students who are like, they are into it, man. And I'm like, that's who I want to, you know, give something like that to. You know, but it, you know sometimes finding the right, the right student or the right person I always, I always want to make sure it goes with the right person, but I guess it's something like that. You're talking about like sending it off 10 ukuleles or whatever. It's like, well, you don't know. I mean, are nine of those kids going to be like, ah, forget it. But that one kid who's like, oh man, I got this ukulele and that started my journey. And then I moved into guitar and then like, that's my life, you know? Right. Well, sometimes it's a, it's a music program, like a school. Right. That's going to use those 10 to teach a bunch of kids. Yeah, it's going to impact that's a bunch. Like, of kids. I know that that's going to impact a bunch of kids. Let's do that. You know, yeah. we used to, the, across from our current shop, there's a halfway house for, for teens that are, you know, uh, have addictions and such. Mm -hmm. And trying to work their way through the system. Um, some of the kids are, you know, real hard cases. And then there's some kids that are just, just, bad things have happened and they're trying to make their way through yeah uh, and we've had the the guy that was over there was giving group guitar lessons and uh we we donated a number of guitars to them from the blue star stuff and i'm like hey, i had five um acoustic guitars that we had of of varying degrees of goodness because right. some of them are play really well and then some are just like man this is this is this is one bad this is one bad weather shift from being a playable guitar to firewood. Right. But we but if we can give it to somebody and they can use it and it works, that's good. Uh, but we've given some of those some things uh, to those folks and that's helped some kids work their way through because you know maybe they have addictions. And my thought is, and I don't know I don't know shit about psychology about all that stuff. But my thought is. I know how I am. I play that every day. Yeah. Because part of it is when I'm frustrated, that that also gets me through frustration, but it also frustrates me too. But it, I play it every day because I'm addicted to that thing. Yeah. There's a part of me that needs that. And so my thought is if there's a kid out there that has maybe an addiction to something else, right? You can fill that addiction with this stuff. We can and replace that with the other side till he gets to a point where mentally he is they're stronger to move through this and get to a better spot in their life so you know you just never know yeah 
not everybody's going to take it, but if you can get those people that you see that they they grasp that, uh-huh. and it makes that impact in their life, then that then we should we should try to help them. Yeah. You know, so if you can repl- give them a healthy obsession, yes. Well, I don't know how healthy this is because all of us are half broke because of the shit we owe. <laughs> it may not be financially, but uh, but it's better healthily body wise. <laughs> yeah, mental. It's mental therapy. I mean, yes, yes, for mentally sure. is better for sure. Well, what's the? Uh, I know we talk, uh, you know, off and on about the uh, the new location. Do you have a, a potential ETA for grand opening ish? Maybe uh, you can't. Maybe you can't say hundred percent. I, I don't know yet. So basically, um, I know there's a few people here that watch our uh, live mm-hmm. stream that kind of know. What the uh, FAQ? Yeah. What the FAQ? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, they kind of know where, because we've been kind of updating people. So the building is essentially done uh, as far as um, all the construction work that needs to be done through a contractor. We're literally waiting on the city of Denver to give us a couple permits. Change of use permit is the big one, so that we can get our, uh, so we can get into the building. Right. The problem is we have zero idea when that's going to be. We have right. tried to inquire, and they give us a, they gave us a date. It's a little further out than we thought, but they also gave us a date when they thought we submitted this stuff, and we're like, no, it was kind of before that. But how do we get these permits, and we can't get this permit? Because wouldn't this be the first permit we would need? So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I would like to be there by the first of June or first of June. If it's the first of June, that's going to be way too long. Um, I would like to be there by hopefully the first of January. Oh yeah, I, I'm 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 at the mercy of the city of Denver right now. Unfortunately, bureaucracy. Yeah. Metalhead Ippy was saying, I right, where do I get a Rams head beanie? He asked earlier about I need a Rams head beanie. And I thought he was talking about Angela making a crochet beanie with ram horns. That's what I thought. And I was like, I got one of those too. I got my it's over there. I was like, I don't know. She is crocheting some things right now, but it's for like herself and for other people. I bet it's, I bet it's not a turkey beanie. Oh, probably I'm not. Break out the turkey beanie here this week. You have to break it out. Yeah, because it's yeah. at the shop. I I've been wearing my Under Armour one. I'm I'm cheating on Angela's beanies with my. Uh-oh. I got the man. It's comfortable. It's this is tightly knit, so this is slightly warmer than the Lolly's Loops beanies. Yeah, it is. I so got I, get, I got the Lolly's Loop. I got mine in there, and it's mm-hmm. a good one. But I can't wear it in the. When, when it's, it's blown. When it's sub freezing, because this gets cold quick. Yeah. So this one, this one actually helps keep it. Hey, uh, but Metalhead Hippie, I'll see what I could do to get you one of these for next time we order um, electro harmonics. Midnight Wind said, "Bribe the right people, like LOL." Uh, next time I get an electro harmonics order, and I'll see if I can get one of these. I'll get an extra one for you. You got to bribe the right city officials. I wish. Your permits. I don't have that kind of juice in this town, man. If it were only that easy. <clears throat> I was back in New York. I might have a little bit more, you know, option. You know, <laughs> yeah. Out here, I know I, a guy who knows a guy who could talk to somebody about a thing. In New York, I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. He's got an extra vowel in his last name. You know what I mean? I Don't can, worry about it. Hey, mind your business. I'll talk to him about a thing I got to go do. 
<laughs> what can I put in this hand that helps you make me put this other permit in this hand? You know what I mean? Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's a big city problem. Small town problems are like, did you get a permit for that? I'm like, what's a permit? Right. I mean, they well, don't. My next door neighbor at the new building is like, I wouldn't get a permit for that. Just bulldoze that shit out of there. I can because the guy next door is like 80 years old. And yeah. He's old school. And he's like, I just bulldoze that over. And I'm like, I I can't, man. I, I just because then if we do it and then they go, What's that? Take it out and do it again. I can't afford that. Yeah. I gotta be, you know, everything's gotta be above board on this because I don't want to. You know, we don't want to get, we're going into a brand new building. We're growing as a business. The last thing we need to do is try to pull some dodgy shit and get set on it. And then they put us back. So I was talking to a mutual friend of ours who's from California and uh, they have a, they have a shop where they build guitars. <laughs> and he was saying like, California is pretty crazy about permits and licensing and things like that too. And he was saying, things are so crazy in California. I was like, they've got their stuff together, but like, there's nobody to come check the permits. Mm-hmm. People are people are leaving or moving or since since lockdown and COVID stuff. There's like, oh, that permit dude hadn't been around in two years. Uh-huh. It's like, there's no one around to check the stuff to make sure you crossed your T's and dotted your lowercase J's. Yes. So it's like, do we need to bother with this? Is somebody actually going to come check it? Because who knows? When, when's that going to be? Yeah. You know? It's going to well, be five. Hold, you know, that stuff can hold you up. Because right now, I'm paying for the, the I'm, I'm paying rent for the space we're in. Right. And I'm paying the mortgage for the building. And then that, in, you know, that's also like double the utilities, double the insurance. Because I got insurance on a building and the, the location i got to pay for xl energy which is our energy here in colorado right for both places you know and i mean it's just like man i i need i need something to fall off so yeah. i can just go i just and to be honest it's been so long with the with the just going round and round with the contractors and the permits and getting this done like i'm just ready to go back to running the shop and selling guitars and pedals like i just want to go back to work man i just want to yeah. go back to worrying about how do we get this business to be a little bit better next year i'm yeah. just tired of dealing with this stupid building you know and, and i need like i'm gonna need a vacation like a really yeah. good vacation i would say come to texas i don't know how good of a vacation it is we'll go shoot some guns we, we could do that that's therapeutic <laughs> I was, what did i just i was talking to somebody and his brother lives in Canton. And I go, oh, they got they go see, tell him to go see my buddy Ryan at RNA. I can't remember, man, who was that? I was just talking to somebody I don't remember, but they I just wow. popped into my head. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You get, on vacation, you go to another guitar shop. <laughs> I do anyway. Like anytime I ever go to vacation, first thing I do is I'm like, guitar store near me. Yeah. You know, and I like to go pop in and see what other stores are doing because sometimes it's like, wow, that's a really cool way to display that shit. Yeah. That's a really cool thing you got there. Or that's cool. You know, or it's a brand that I haven't played. Right. You know, so I do like, or you walk in and you're like, 
what is this? How the hell are you all in business? Right. I went into this music store in in Florida. I was down visiting my old man in Florida, and I and I go and I I had four music stores I wanted to go to. One of them yeah. was Wolf Guitars in yeah, yeah. in Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. I walked into that and I was like, oh man, you guys got some cool stuff. And then I talked to I talked to the owner and he showed me his Plex machine and all these cool guitars and the guys were all super cool. We had a it was we spent like an hour or so. My dad yeah. was bored out of his ass because he doesn't know <laughs> shit about guitars. So, so he doesn't know anything. He's looking for golf clubs. <laughs> you know, and and uh, it was really cool. But then we went into this other music store and I walked in and I was like, I feel like I'm gonna get robbed in here. Like what? it was it just felt dodgy and it was old and it was weird and they had like just it was just a weird shop and i don't remember what where it was i don't even remember where it was or what the name of it was i wouldn't say it anyway but it right. was just a weird old shop and it felt it felt dodgy it almost felt like you remember pulp fiction yep it, it felt like the pawn shop in pulp fiction that he walks into and has all those problems yes <laughs> That's what it felt like. And I was like, I think I'm gonna go. I gotta go. It just felt weird. Yeah. But when I went down to I went down to Austin earlier this year to hang out with Adam for a little bit. I was like, take me to a cool guitar shop. So like we went and hit the you know, the mom and pop, the local places that have been there for a while. So that was pretty cool. Kind of same thing. I don't want to go see a guitar center because they're all the same. There's nothing, I don't go, there's nothing I don't fun go, there. Yeah, I don't want to go see a chain. You've seen one, you've seen them all, but I'm like What's the cool? Because every place has got a, even if there's more than one guitar shop, there's one that's the coolest that you want to go. There's, a, there's always one that's got a good kind of energy or a good yes. vibe to it that, or it's got unique stuff or something interesting to go check out. Yeah. And I think that's the thing you got to do for going back to people. If somebody wants to open a guitar shop, you know, you got to, uh, you got to figure out what's your, what's your angle, you know? And uh, it's hard to compete. Like you don't necessarily want to compete with, I think the struggle is if you want to carry the stuff that the big boys, the Sweetwaters and the, the evil empire and everybody carries, that's your competition for selling those brands sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. The problem with carrying brands that aren't in the, the big boy stores is how good is that brand, you know, and how long is it going to be around and what's their service like? So. If you could find a different, if you could find like a second tier brand uh -huh. or a third tier brand that is really good, it just hasn't reached that status yet. Like, so for us, we carried Reverend. Yeah, yeah. Before Guitar, before guitar Center carried them or before Shitwater carried them. Once they carried them, everything seemed to slow, of course, because everybody right. just thinks that they get the best thing from them for some reason. I don't know. You know, I'm not a big fan. I know what you're saying. But, um, you know, we carried Reverend for years, but people that knew Reverend knew. Right. So you can find brands that are, have a really good quality, um, mm -hmm. good quality, good reputation, but maybe aren't being carried by the big boys. Because what we started to do um, with the pedals is I started looking around. Oh, nobody carries Earthquaker? Boom, Earthquaker. Nobody carries Walrus? Walrus. Nobody's carrying Strymon? Strymon. You know what I mean? Like, we had to get, you know, we yeah. had to get Boss 
until we already had shit already a dozen other brands right we got boss after we already established ourselves with all this other stuff mxr was my first big one like we like said but i started picking up small boutique brands that had a good following so if anybody in denver wanted to get earthquaker they had to come to us right if anybody wanted to get walrus they had to come to us so that made us unique. And now what's grown out of that is, is that our store just, we have so many pedals. We are kind of the pedal shop. You're the guys. Yeah. yeah. So along with the guitars and other cool stuff that we have, but we do have the largest pedal selection in the, in the state for sure. For which sure. is, which is, I mean, that's a, uh, that's an attraction. Like people are like, I mean, I tell people all the time, like I got a friend in Denver's got a guitar shop. They're like the pedal guys of Colorado. What? Yeah. Yeah. They got like all the pedals. So, You've kind of built that. Not that you don't have other stuff. Right. But you kind of have well, you, a... Uh, you find something that makes you your store unique. Um, you know, and even even if you like, if you do predominantly lessons, there's something that could be very unique about the way, it's the way you teach or how you teach or or the things you teach. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's, there's there's ways to distinguish yourself. You have to find a way to distinguish yourself from the other brands. Yes. From the other stores because otherwise you're just going to get lost in the swamp of yeah you know because online sales get you know sweetwater has advertisements for for f and everything oh hey, man, I, I want to pick okay right if i go into google and i search for something like i'm looking searching for a certain whatever the very first thing i see is an ad from sweetwater and then I got to scroll down just even just to find the company that makes the thing right right before you find you know, ESP guitars, actual ESP website, you see a Sweetwater ad at the top for, for ESP. I mean, they did you're not, 300, you're not gonna outspend them. Yeah, they did what 300 million last year or some crazy shit like that. I don't even know. I don't even, I can't even imagine what that number even looks like. Yeah. But I mean, when you have that kind of dough, you're throwing, I mean, what's their monthly budget for advertising? It's got to be 50 to $100,000. Oh, it's got to be everything. It could be millions of dollars. It could be. I mean, so, you know, the way you're going to compete with something like that is being, you have to be unique. That's why yeah. this whole internet thing is cool too, because people get to connect directly to a, to a store like me, like yours. Mm -hmm. um, and like other, like other small companies, you, you have a direct access where you, things get lost in the mix when you start getting that big. Yeah, it does for sure. It's it's crazy how that you know the internet they talk about this a lot of the music industry like there's no gatekeepers anymore like mm -hmm. well if I can just get a record deal it's like we'll just record your music put it out there yeah you can put it on YouTube and all of a sudden you're famous if it's good people will come you know find it if it's me to the top baby yeah I mean maybe your music's not as good as you think it is or maybe whatever but the but the gates the gates are open you're able to put what you do out there for people to find. Mm -hmm. It's not behind a paywall. It's just, just, you know, and I, I was just thinking of something. It's like, you don't always have to be better than somebody else. You just have to be different. Yeah. You just yeah. got to be unique and, and do your thing and whatever that uniqueness is, people will gravitate towards. Yeah. You know, I mean, we try to do, we try to have really good customer service. We try to take, we make sure everybody feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we're not pretentious. We're humble because none of us are 
you know, none of us are like some super gifted guitar player that, you know, it's like, we're amazing and look at us. None <laughs> yeah. of us are like that. We all play and we all have our own unique style. Um, but we also realize that everybody is on a different path on their journey. Yeah. Some people just started yesterday. Yeah. We, we, we're not going to treat you like your shit because you don't know what a humbucker is. Yes. You know, uh, but some, uh, some places do do that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's a relationship, not a transaction. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is, that's it right there. Midnight wind. And yeah, I, Midnight wind also said, you know, he said, I, man, Ike needs a break. That is true. I do. <laughs> but right, under, right under that said on the bright side, he's not a corporate slave. Right. And that's the truth. And to be honest, I make less money than I did when I started when I, I make less money now than when I worked as a manager in the restaurant business 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent happier. That's what's up. I work, work for myself. I'm able to, I do what I can to, for my, for my staff. I try to treat them well. I treat them the way I want to be treated. You know, that's a guy, you know, I buy tickets. We go to shows, we do shit. I buy pizza, you know, like it's a, it's a family. It's not just, you know, when you start getting bigger and bigger, you start becoming a spreadsheet, what I call a spreadsheet company. Yeah. That's what Amazon is. That's what Musician's Friend and, you know, uh, Guitar Center, even Sweetwater has now become a spreadsheet company. Yeah. As things have changed. Yeah. We, I mean, that's kind of the same. When we lived in Tulsa, I had a sales job for a big corporate type thing company chain and like after i worked for guitar center i got another sales job in a different industry that actually paid really well <laughs> and i made the most money i ever made in my life as an adult i'm like we make how much per year crap i mean again it's not like it's probably not as much as people think but for me at the time it was like this is a lot of money like it was 3x what i was used to making and uh you know, leaving that all behind and coming back home to take care of family and then starting from scratch, building a business. I still don't make as much now owning the business as I did as an employee for that company. I work more hours, uh, but I also love it more. Oh, yeah. I, I love my job. I, I can have a day where I've had everything went wrong, trying to get the car inspected and then the tags were out and then oh the tires of what i gotta do a thing oh jesus you know and then going through all this stuff like all right i gotta go to work go to work like teaching a kid do you know how to play inner sandman yes i and we're gonna learn it right now like as soon as i start teaching it's like i mean after um uh you know my uncle passed away like uh a month two months ago and it was like we had to go out of town do the funeral i had to like talk and like do the thing <laughs> i was the guy up in the thing doing the funeral it was interesting and like crazy weekend then coming back home like all right i gotta go back to work and like so i missed two days of teaching because of all the stuff and then like the monday i was back first student that came in i'm like all right let's go and i'm like started teaching and playing it i was like immediately put me in a better mood you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you know again we what we do it's interesting you're talking about how you started you started it was buying and selling and retail. And that's been your game as you go. You've made me nervous over the years. I'm sitting here, we're talking and like, you got to sell some stuff. 
to pay the electric bill this month yeah. and buy groceries. It's like, we need to move some units because we got to pay the bills. And I'm like, if I don't sell another guitar or another piece of gear ever, it doesn't really matter for me because we teach and we have a pretty full roster of students. So, you know, we've from the beginning built our RNA music on a T it's like really a music lesson studio that sells stuff. Right. And we've tiptoed, I've tiptoed out there deeper into more retail and online stuff. And uh, sometimes you get your toes bit off. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to tiptoe back out a little bit because I don't want to sacrifice my attention for my students and the education side to sell another guitar that I'm going to ship somewhere. We still sell stuff. I love gear, so I'm going to still like have that. But you know, we kind of approach the business from two different angles, you know. But uh, but if all of our students quit tomorrow, I'd be like, I need to sell some guitars. <laughs> well, that's why we we've you know because we want to do lesson stuff too. But we like you said, we've kind of built it on the retail side of it. Um, but that you know, both sides have their challenges. Yeah, for sure. You, know, you have your challenges uh, with the lesson stuff, and we have our challenges on the retail side. Um, you know, in in the same thing, we wanted we've dipped our toes in the water of lessons uh the problem is we don't have the space we're, right. we're we'll be dipping back in once we get to the new place mm -hmm. um but you know as far as like an, an equivalent to you teaching to the student it's interesting when like me and the dudes will go to a show and we we're like oh we sold that dude most of his pedal board so we go to a, see a show at a local club and the guy's playing the stuff he bought from us. Or we know that the, that amp, I sold that amp to that dude. You know, but then we also, like Troy Van Leeuwen was in the shop last week. Yeah. From Queens of the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. You know, and he bought this old Ibanez. Um, sorry, Dave's eating something. I'm like, what you eat right here? Because I don't know with him. He's a dingo. <laughs> he can uh, eat anything. Uh, but he bought this old Ibanez uh, multi-effect from way back in the early 80s. That was one of the original ones. Um, and so we know, he's like, oh, we're going to use this on the next album. This thing's awesome. He's like, this thing's like 80s in a box. And I go, so we're all like, kind of like, that's cool. We just sold a thing to a dude that's going to put this out for thousands of people to hear. Right. So we, it's a very cool feeling when you, when it's the same equivalent to you like teaching. You know, we have yeah. like, that's that piece that's like man that's cool you know like we get to we have roundabout some way somehow we get to we get to affect other people to be creative you get to teach them how to be creative mm -hmm. we get to sell them stuff for them to be more creative too it's really cool you know yeah like that's i got cool. to go out the other night like a couple weekends ago in which we have some students that are like they're in their 20s one of them I'm giving like keyboard lessons to to like play like rock keys in like their band. And the other student, uh, I've given him a couple of guitar lessons, but he's taking some voice lessons from Angela so he can do like backup vocals on their songs and stuff. They play original music. And I went and watched their thing. They're like, hey, we're playing a show in Ben Wheeler. It's a small country thing. And like, it's like a Halloween show. Do you want to come out? I'm like, yeah, I'll come watch you guys. Like, I don't go out for live music very much because by the time I'm done here, I'm like, yeah. I'm kind of done. You old? You getting old? <laughs> I'm getting old. I did go see uh, the Warefoot band that without Adam. All the other guys from Warefoot have a band, different singer, and so I went to see them because I'm friends with them too. And they're like, "Hey, we're playing in Tyler. Come see." I'm like, 
Normally, I don't go out at night anymore. Yeah, pictures. That was a cool looking venue. It's pretty rad. Zach Wild was supposed to play there a couple of months ago with uh, Jared James Nichols and Nita Strauss, and that all fell through. I, I wasn't. That's one out of the three I'd like to go see. Jared James Nichols. He's hot. No. no. Oh, Zach. No. So, oh, Nita. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, she's all right. She's no Zach Wildy. Well, I've seen Zach before, and I can do the whole show is this. Don't get me wrong. It was good. Yeah. I, yeah, no, no, I know. But I think I saw one Black Label Society show was enough for me. I'm like, I got I And got if you've arrested. seen one Black Label show, you've probably seen them all. Pretty good. I'd like to see Nita because I like the way I've she plays seen. and she's not She's easy on the eyes too. Yeah. So I've I've never seen her live. I've never seen Jared James Nichols live. I've never seen him live. We did have one of his guitars in the shop. We just sold it. I it's saw him. Cool. He did a video the other day with Marty Schwartz. It yeah, was him and Marty Schwartz. Huge band. And I was watching the video. Did I send that to you? I, I sent that to some. I went to somebody. I'm like, either Jared James Nichols is yeah, that was me. Huge, yeah. or Marty Schwartz is not very big. And I told you he's huge. So I got a friend of mine. Who who he's got a hookup over at the whiskey in, mm-hmm. in LA. And mm-hmm. he opens, he's open for like uh Robbie Krieger and a whole bunch of other bands and stuff. And so he was on a bill recently with Jared James Nichols. And he sent me a picture. And I was like, and I because he comes, he's because Zach comes in our shop. So yeah. I know how tall he is. He's a skinny kid. He's a skinny guy, but he's tall. Yeah. And I and he sent a picture. And I go, how big is that man? <laughs> what? Holy. I'm like, how big is he? Holy shit. And he goes, oh, yeah, he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. So he's he's a pretty fairly large individual. Yeah, because he's not. I was looking at it. And I'm like, he's got to be huge. And he's not he, skinny because you can be tall and skinny, but he's not. He wasn't skinny. Yeah, I met Marty Schwartz before too at at the Nam show. I caught, he was walking around with a gin and tonic. Oh, yeah, he was half shit bummed, but he oh, was it? oh he was just really nice. I'm like, hey Marty, and he goes, hey man, how you doing? And I go, good. How are you enjoying the show? And he's like, great. What are you doing, man? What are you checking out? Any cool? And like, we just automatically just started having a conversation, and he was incredibly nice, dude. Yeah, uh, he's not a small guy, but I think I'm taller than he is, and I'm six yeah. one. Yeah, so he's probably like. He might be 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. I'm guessing. But super nice guy. Yeah. We're, I was I saw that video. I was like, what? He's giant or Marty is tiny. Oh, he's, he's a big dude. It's probably like when I'm standing next to Nicholas. Yeah. Nicholas is like freaking six foot seven. Yeah. And you're not, you're, you're not short. Yeah. I'm like six, one and a half, six, two, yeah. six, one and three, three quarters. quarters. Yeah. Nicholas, when his pictures in the, I'm like, I look like a little dude next to... Uh, yeah, you got gigantic children, man. Yeah, you haven't seen Aiden in person in a long time. It's been, what, four years since I've been down? Yeah. Oh, dude, Aiden is like a freaking lineman. He's like 6'5". Yeah, you have huge children, bro. Like <laughs> 285. He's just like... <laughs> like, Aiden just like, just like, run you over. Like, I'm like, bro, just... I can barely get my arms around him. He's just such broad back and shoulders, and he's like lifting weights like all days, his biceps for days. I'm like, 
son, carry me around, please. You just got to need them walking near you. Like yeah. bring you to the NAMM show and have them walk beside you. And yeah. Everybody's going to think you're some big, you're like a big, de- they're going to think you're Billy Gibbons. Yeah. I'm going to get him jackets and like earpieces and sunglasses. Like You got to get, you get Angela to, to make a hat like she made me. Yeah. And then have those two guys walk next to you. And then everybody's going to think you're Billy Gibbons. Just get, put some shades on. I'll give you this guitar, man. If you if you play if you carry this guitar with you, yeah, everybody's gonna think I'm getting the wrinkles. I'm starting to look like I'm seventy. Yeah, well, I'm getting them too, man. I ain't getting any younger, that's for sure. He's like the coolest dude in the universe, man. Because I'm like, I hope, I wish I was like one fourth as cool as Billy Gibbons, man. Well, that's why I built that. That's why I got the. Uh, you've seen this Texas Toast guitar, right? I think. Oh yeah, yeah the uh, the the flannel top one. The oh yeah, yeah. So like that's really what, I mean, that, there's a reason why I got that. I made that one just because I was like, I got to be cool like Billy. He's freaking cool. He's cool as poop. I don't think you can be cooler than Billy Gibbons. Uh, I saw a question in here from Metalhead Hippie. Oh, where was? It? Oh, uh-huh. yeah. there it is. Ike, how do you get companies to sell exclusively to you, like Stomp Underfoot? So they don't sell just to us, but they make an exclusive pedal for us. Uh, and actually, we got another one in the works. I've talked. I've been talking to Matt. Um, so basically, some companies will do exclusives with you, uh, and some companies just won't. The big guys will, but it's a way bigger thing. So if I wanted to do a special run of GNL guitars, I could. Yeah, I, I would just have to buy, it. you know, fifty. Yeah. Uh, or if I if I wanted to do it with with uh, Fender, I could do it with Fender too because you've seen it with like uh, Guitar Center, uh-huh. uh, Chicago Music Exchange, Sweetwater. You know, it, the advantage of doing that is they have to go to you to get it. So right. like for us, we do the Demogorgon, and we've done two versions. We've done three versions actually of the Demogorgon now, which started out because we're like, let's do this. Let's do a cool pedal that we want but we don't have to buy 50 of them. So I talked to them and they said, you know, Matt's a really cool dude. It makes really killer pedals. Um, so we did an exclusive with him and it's the Demogorgon has done well. We've sold a decent amount of those pedals. We got another one coming. Um, it's just approaching the company and seeing what they're willing to do and how many you have to do it. There's, I have two other um, guitar companies or pedal companies that we've talked to about doing exclusives. One is just going to be an exclusive color for Flipside. Uh, and the other one is maybe doing a specific color, but adding like one little thing. Yeah. You know, but their requirements are much bigger. And, and yeah. the check is a lot bigger. So yeah. I've eyeballed that before. My, my guy I was talking about from Boogie Street Guitars, that was his whole thing. Like he picked one brand, was Washburn. Cause he could get in with them and they were like, you're saying they're not Washburn is not Gibson Fender PRS. Right. But and, they're a big brand. Yeah. And especially back then, I mean, at Nuno Betancourt, at Dimebag Durrell, he was, he was doing Washburn stuff when Dime was with him and Nuno and, you know, and then later Paul Stanley from a little band called kiss. Nope, never heard of, <laughs> you know? And so his, his, his thing that he shot for yeah. was I can't do everything, but I could be the number one Washburn guy. All right, hang on. <laughs> All right, you guys, because apparently Dave got a sh- 
He's got to do some stuff. All right. He's got some business to take care of. Let me get him outside. I'll be back. All right. I'll be, we'll be right here. All right. Come on, Davo. My guy in, uh, my guy that I followed, Eric McKenna, Boogie Street Guitars. His goal is to become the number one USA custom shop Washburn dealer. So if you wanted a USA made Washburn in that time, the mid 2000s, like he was the guy. Like Scott Ian from Anthrax, Dimebag Daryl, like he did, and all the USA stuff. And there weren't very many people because at the time there wasn't a maybe a massive, huge demand for Washburn. But he did, like, if you wanted a Nuno Betancourt guitar, if you wanted a Dime guitar, if you wanted a you know, Scott Ian guitar, he was the guy. And then he did limited dealer run things um, on the import side. Because, you know, USA Custom Shop stuff, Washburn was still pretty, pretty pricey stuff. Uh, you know, it wasn't cheap because it was Custom Shop USA. But he built his, um, he basically built his business on the back of picking one brand and becoming the guy for that brand, you know? And I, I always kind of remembered that. And I was like, you know, that was a pretty smart way to do it. You know? And if you wanted, if you wanted a, a custom, he did his own custom designs, but you know, he had to buy 50 of them on the import side to make it worth doing. USA runs, you could get runs of five or 10 or 13 custom shop usa guitars <laughs> which That's are a lot bad, but it's still some money yeah, yeah you got to be able to have that you know the thing is is that sometimes you can do that stuff it's just do you want to set aside that much cash out of your cash flow for it now if you have uh, the clientele that's going to snatch them up right away absolutely but that doesn't always work that way right you know, then- it may take three months to get rid of that and is that going to hurt you, you know? Yeah. Or it might take longer, which is the, like, if you get about, if you got about 40 of the same guitar, are you going to be able to sell all 40 or are you going to be able to sell 15? Right. You know, and you got to uh, be able to hit that customer base. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, we got a guitar company here in or guitar store here, not too far from us up in Boulder, you know, Wildwood Guitars. Right. They do the Wildwood thin skin, whatever thing with Fender and it's successful, but they have that customer base that um, that's ready to drop five grand on a strap <laughs> in a second. <sighs> I've known, I know guys locally that have bought multiple guitars from them that are over $3,500. Oh man. You know, I have a friend personally who bought a $5,000 Les Paul from them. And I was like, damn, son. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of money. That is a lot of money. Foot. You know, and at the time, he wasn't much of a player. Mm-hmm. And But I think part of that, honestly, what I've noticed is sometimes when you get to that level of, hey, this is a $6,000 custom shop, whatever, it, it's not necessarily players. Right. It's, it's, I kind of play, but I have a lot of extra money. And that's a pretty yeah. guitar that's going to hang on my wall. Yeah. And I like it. And it makes me happy. Yeah. And so, God bless them. Sure. You yeah. know, knock yourself out. If you want to buy a $6,000 guitar and you can't play for fuck all, go ahead. Yeah. Oops. Oh, sorry. I, 
I was telling someone the other day, it's like that, you know, that doesn't bother me. Like I don't get mad that there are dudes or dudettes, but mostly dudes who uh, buy guitars that they not necessarily great players, but they, I'm like, who cares? Like, I, oh no, I posted that. I'm on this uh, Facebook. Facebook is a cesspool sometimes, but I'm in the, I'm in a freaking Les Paul group on Facebook. <laughs> it's like the Les Paul guitar group. Cause I stumbled across one of their posts of a cool seventies Les Paul with the something neck and whatever. And I was like, what is that? And I, I want to leave a comment like, Oh, you have to be part of this group. I'm like, why am I seeing this? If I'm not even in this group, why is this on my page? Right. So I joined up cause I wanted to comment. And I was like, I have a Les Paul. I have a Les Paul standard from 1996. <laughs> I'm a Les Paul owner. And now all like every third post on Facebook is the Les Paul group. But but whatever. Some guy on there was talking about he found this nice Les Paul he wanted to buy. I mean, it was like a standard. It was like $2,300 for like a first guitar. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know if I deserve it because I'm whatever. And people were leaving all their comments and stuff. And I was like, forget about that crap. I mean, do you have to be a race car driver to buy a sports car? I was like, no. I want to buy a Corvette. Well, do you drive professionally fast? No, I just like Corvettes. Okay, well, you really shouldn't buy one unless you can race in the Indy. You know, no one gives a crap. Sometimes, like, if it's a, if it's your first car, I just turned sixteen. I'm getting a Corvette Z, whatever. You know, then you're like, uh, okay, now that's that's a douche move. Don't buy your sixteen year old a high end Corvette. It, but it, it happens, man. You know yeah. as well as I do, it happens that we've seen it at the store, and we're like, they're like, oh. It's his first guitar. We're going to get him this American Professional 2 Telecaster. And we're like, yeah. I don't know about that. Can you adopt me? Because that's cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, I played an import uh, (laughs) GNL. If you're a grown man and you've always loved using a guitar and you want to buy a guitar because you didn't get to learn when you were a kid and you want to buy a freaking $4,000 Les Paul, like, then go buy one. I don't give a crap. If you can afford it, if you got that kind of cash to throw at a thing like that, yeah, go ahead. It's I not know. like I'm now not going to be able to buy that four thousand dollar Les Paul because you bought it. I was like, I wasn't even going to buy it to begin with in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I want to snatch it out from under from me. Yeah, it's not like oh man, I was going to buy that and that dude snatched it. But or you're like, you know, you're not going to buy a three thousand dollar computer. Like, well, are you a professional computer programmer? Do you program computers for a living? Well, no, I just, you know, stare at YouTube videos. I just want nice. Yeah. Well, you should just go to Walmart and get you one of them $200 Chromebooks then. You don't yeah. need a $2,000 Mac. That's what well, I'm saying. Like, it's like, if you can, if you can afford it, I get it. Go ahead. It's just, but it's funny because we, you know, we got a lot of times we get players that come in and they're like, yeah, I just, you know, I'll just, I'll just try that. They don't give a shit. Yeah, you know, there's guy and we because we've had customers that have come in and they're like, oh, I only we had one guy. I only play American Strats. Oh, All oh, right. okay, yeah. So I'd like to try this, you know, electronic or electric harmonic soul food, mm-hmm. eighty dollar pedal. Like, so I'm supposed to give you an eighteen hundred dollar guitar to play an eighty dollar pedal because all you play is American Strats. Right. Is I, it- I just found the whole situation funny. I only play of- American made Stratocasters. Okay. Here you go, man. We get y'all set up. And it's like, you know, 
And then you get this move. Wait, wait. No, wait, wait, wait. And I'm like, I'm like, man, are you, are you for real, bro? Like you dem basically demanded a, all you play is American strats. And you can't do the, like cowboy chords at least. Why so didn't one of those situations like, all right, teach his own man. I'm going to let it go. Why didn't you bring your strat from home to test this pedal? You should do that. Maybe. We do suggest I that to people from time to time. We're like, maybe it's just, you know, you got to put it in your own rig. Because we let people come in. Like, if you want to, you got your pedal board and you want to try this new fuzz, sure, man. Bring your board in, your guitar, plug it in, test it out. Go yeah. ahead. You know, because it, sometimes things don't play well together. I get it. But it's sometimes in those cases where, like I said, with the guitar thing, it's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, that's funny. demanded. I only play Les Paul classics, and then you can't play for shit. Come <laughs> on, man. Yeah. I was, I, on that same comment, I commented about that. I'm like, buy whatever you want. I don't give a crap. I was like, you know, I've got, I had to count them up. Like, how many USA guitars I personally own? I think it was seven. I think I have seven USA guitars. And then like, 14 14 or 15 import guitars i'm right. looking around here going how, how many usas do i have yeah because some of my favorites aren't right well some i have of my favorites are not our imports yeah like this one you know this is a beat up made in mexico basically parts caster telly that i put together it's one of my favorite guitars to play you know, and I've, then, got, I've got two Gibsons. I have an, a Given Explorer and I have a Gibson Les Paul standard. I got two CMGs, which are, you know, USA, but they're, they're, I would say CMG is affordable. Oh, yeah. For sure, compared to everything else. I got, I got one too. Uh, it's yeah. a really nice guitar. I've got the S2, which is, uh, you know, the budget friendly PRS, but it's still American made PRS. And then I have a USA Washburn, which would be, you would compare it to like a Les Paul Studio. So it'd be that that grade of a, a Washburn USA, but Les Paul Studio grade, back when the studios were good. And then I have a USA Custom Shop Washburn, which is like, would be crazy expensive if you bought it back when it came out brand new. But I play my freaking Korean PRS and my Schecters probably more than anything else. Yeah, I, I, I'm in a very similar, you know, my GNL S500 and my GNL ASAT, which are both tributes. I play those all the time. Mm -hmm. I have that made in Mexico telly that I play a lot. I have a 72 Greco Telecaster Deluxe. Yeah. So 50 some odd years old. Uh, and that's that was made, I think, in Fujijan. Yeah. Or, so. I'll play that guitar all the time. But I do have, you know, I got a J45, 77 J45 Gibson that I bought at a garage sale, by the way. $75. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had to get the neck reset, and that cost me some dough, but it still right. was killer. Yeah. A friend of mine did the neck reset. Um, but that's a USA. I have my original USA Strat that I bought in 98. I have another USA Strat that walked in the shop, and I'm not even that much of a Strat guy, but it played 
and I don't even like red. Right. But it played so well that I couldn't. You're like, I got to buy it. As soon as I played it, I knew I had to have it. And I was like, ah, because it's like a salmon-y sort salmon. of sort of salmony. Well, it's very faded at this point. It was probably Fullerton red at one point. <laughs> Metalhead uh, Dippy says, I have zero USAs. I'm like, you know, like I said, I've got I've gone. Oh, maybe it's gonna be, maybe it's when I add something. I'm like, hell me, I've gone blurry. <laughs> got to beat us. Well, you know, I think it I don't know if it's an ego thing or whatever, because again, we're told that the USA stuff is whatever, better, or it's whatever, it's great. And like, and then you get it, like, yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it is great. But, um, you, you know, you can squeak out a lot of good stuff out of you can get a classic vibes squire and do a lot of really good work with that, too. Yeah. So I think the line between good and, you know, good and great has never been narrower, narrower. Between well, I mean, I think it's the, you know, diminishing returns. Yeah. You know, the difference between a hundred dollar guitar and a three hundred dollar guitar is pretty big. Yes. Three hundred dollars to seven hundred dollars is fairly big. Yeah. Seven to fifteen hundred is gonna be lesser. Fifteen hundred to three thousand is gonna be smaller. Three thousand yeah. to eight thousand is gonna be even smaller. Minute. Yeah. It's right. I mean I don't know. That's what I've played some expensive guitars and go, that's nice. I, I'm not that I have a my car's not worth that. Cool. That's what's difficult yeah. yeah i want i want expensive guitars <laughs> i definitely want some three four five thousand dollars but i'm like am i actually going to play it more than any of my other whatever i mean maybe for like two weeks <laughs> i think it's a matter of you bond with certain ones yeah like, you know i got i think it's 29 guitars in here right now so but I, I you're winning five. Yeah, like five I play consistent. My my G my this one I play a lot. The other GNL, my Texas Toast, uh, Duchess, that Tele Deluxe. You know, mm -hmm. like I play those in my Greco. I play those the most. Yeah, because um, they do it. I don't and I don't have like I don't even think I even have one shred machine in here. Yeah. Like, oh, I do. I have a Mars Music. 2001 special edition squire super strat oh wow well i played it at the we it got traded in and i was like this stupid thing yeah and then i plugged in and i was like i want it <laughs> this stupid thing i'm keeping it yeah and i just decided i put better pickups in it but it, it's a great little guitar for what it is uh, great like i play this i play this korean tremonti se more than I play my S2. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I, I don't play any better on the more expensive guitar. No, so. some stuff I play different. Like I'll, I have different, it feels like I have different ideas on. Yeah. Because of the feel, but. Oh, the telly feels different than everything else. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, when I play Les Paul, that, that make, that feels a little bit different or, you know, or one of the semi hollows, something yeah. like that. You know, I got a, the, 
I got an Epiphone 335 as well, like right here. Oh, yeah. This one I got because it was just gold. I'm yeah. like, that's cool looking. I got to have it. Gold. And it's got a big old fat neck for my giant hands. Oh, your giant bear paws. I was, uh, I've been thinking lately about, because I do have a few guitars at this point. And I think my tastes are getting more expensive as I get older. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know. But I'm like, I want like, uh, you know, I want a core PRS just to, because I want one. And I want to get, I'm still going to get my, yeah, yeah. I got champagne dreams and beer budget, but I keep thinking like, all right, I could trade in some of these Korean, you know, guitars. If I traded in enough of them, I could probably get a fancy guitar, a fancier, you know, whatever. Fancier, yeah. However, what if I don't? absolutely just love the crap out of that fancy one and i've just traded off four or five ones that i really liked to get a nice quote nicer one am i going to regret it don't trade the ones you like yeah what's the problem i gotta like all of them well there you well even if i don't even if i don't play all of them all the time i like all of them see i have a few in here that i don't play enough that are on the chopping block yeah that are great guitars and i like them but i just think i I'm like, I got number one, I have too many. I don't need this many. I, I just don't. Yeah. I want I want them. I just don't need them. So there's a few that are on the chopping block because I haven't played them enough or they're not unique enough mm-hmm. for me to keep. Like I got a shitty little I have a telecaster that's a that's a resonator. Oh wow. From China, because apparently Chinese are the only ones that have the same idea as me. <laughs> and they made it. How do you know it? For like 280 bucks oh wow it, but it's so unique and, and for the price i can't get rid of it oh yeah you know i mean no every time somebody looked at me, where'd you get that thing i'm like china yeah. dh gate or uh alibaba express or something like something that. like that i was just hoping that i would actually get it because it took like two months before i got here oh wow i spent the money and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna go Maybe it'll show up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. It's probably I might have lost my money, but I hope I get it. And I got it, and it was awful. Oh, fret ends were just god awful. So I had to do a fret level and crown and all that stuff and re- new nut. Uh, but it's it's pretty good now. Nice. It needed some yeah. work, and you got it. Yeah, but it's fun now. You know. Yeah. I've got one or two that I might sell. I've got a Schecter that I bought that I didn't love it when I, I think because it came with the, the Duncan actives mm-hmm. pickup and they sound like crap. I don't know if there's something wrong with them. Cause I changed the battery even. And I was like, they still sound like crap. And I'm like, do I want to swap the pickups in this thing and put EMGs in it? You know, I, you. I could, you know, you do. Yeah, it feels good, but you know, I don't, I hardly ever play it because it sounds like garbage. I think there might be something wrong with those Duncan blackouts, but I'm not sure. Those usually sound pretty good, so maybe there is something wrong. I, there's got to be something wrong because you can't hardly get any good, clean sound out of it at all. No, that, that could be something wrong because I've it's heard real, those before and they're pretty good. Yeah, it's real gritty, and I'm like, this doesn't seem right. So I barely played it. But I've also don't have time to like, all right, let me let me swap the pickups and do all the stuff to it. I'm like, well, I don't have time for that. But right. 
but I also haven't got rid of it. But, I think I it's, a, it's a tough prospect to get rid of guitars. Yeah. But I, hang on one second. I gotta go let that I gotta let that guy out because it's cold right. outside. Yeah. And I don't want him to freeze his little pecker off. <laughs> Metalhead Hippie says, uh Brian, what are the best newest toys, guitars out there you think that everyone should look into? Oh man. That's a good question, Metalhead Hippie. Uh new guitars. Trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's something new that's really caught my attention lately. Um, the the thing that recently that I've been kind of interested in is um, if you can get a guitar. I bought the Schecter earlier this year. That's got it's electric guitar, semi hollow, but it has a piezo in it, and I really like that because you can split the signal coming out run it to two amps have an acoustic sound in one amp or a pa and then your electric sound you can blend those two sounds um i've had a lot of fun with that and i like that and if you're gigging and playing and you need an acoustic sound for like an intro and then you need to go to electric you know and an electric guitar equipped with a piezo is like that's a pretty cool thing to play around with if you haven't ever done that I don't know. Metal Metalhead Hippies was uh hey Ryan, Ike Ryan, what are the best newest toys or guitars out there you think everyone should look into? I was kind of like, I don't know. Hmm. That's a tough one. It was. I was stumped. I said for guitars, like I don't know about brands or models or whatever, but I talked about the I got that electric guitar with the piezo built into it. Oh yeah. You split the signal out and i would just like i have an acoustic i have a fishman acoustic amp i'll run to and then run the other one to like the mesa boogie or whatever and like you know you got this acoustic intro and then you can go to the ripping heavy stuff and like it's super fun i really enjoyed playing with it i was my thinking buddy, about doing that to a telecaster i got a body in my shop i was thinking about buying the fishman setup yeah and doing exactly that because i'm like oh that'd be kind of fun you know to have the option to do both yeah so but as far as newest toys i don't know that i've seen anything new that just blew my brains everybody should get a wireless wireless is good you should have uh, new black star amped one amp is pretty cool we got we got a couple of those in i thought those are pretty cool you sell black star Yes. Okay. I got a student. I, this is a question for Anthony. Well, go fin- Go ahead and finish the toys, Blackstar. So I think that's a cool new thing. I'm trying to... Th- everybody's got, like, new pedals that come out every other day. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to keep track, and I'm trying to think of anything that's, like, super unique that has come out recently that, like, you know, blows up my skirt. Um, I thought that one was a cool thing. I, I don't, right offhand, I can't think of anything. I'm a, I'm a wee bit stumped. I got a, one of the students I was just talking about who's in the band. Is the guitar player that I went to go out and see them. He texted me the other day. He, he, he plays through an orange, an orange, um, like a Crush 60, whatever. Pretty good size, solid state orange amp. And th- they play rock stuff. I mean, they play like Soundgarden songs. They play Nirvana songs. 
political stuff. But he was texting me the other day, and he said, uh, I'm going to ask you this. And um, he's like, what was it? Uh, oh, he's asking about the Marshall origin combo. And I'm like, I don't know much about that. And I don't really like Marshall. More Marshall dealer, too. I'm not a big, big Marshall fan, necessarily. I've tried some, and I'm like, even some like nice ones. And I'm like, I don't know. It's got a distinct sound. And you got to like that. And like Orange has a very distinct sound and Fender has a distinct sound and Mesa Boogie has a sound, you know? Yeah. And uh, he was, um, he said he's, he thinks he's going to sell his Orange and get a, get a tube amp uh, of some kind. He's looking at takes pedals well up to heavier distortion. Any suggestions? And I was like, you got a budget? And he's probably under $1,000. And he's like, he could probably go over if it's something he really likes. And, uh, and I was like, combo or head and cab? And he said, preferably combo because he's used to that. But he's not opposed to a head and cab. So, If he wants to go Marshall, I would go more of the DSL. I prefer the sounds of the DSL series uh-huh. over the Origins. Uh-huh. We, we carry Marshall. Okay. Um, and plugged in the the, the I, red? I prefer the DSLs yeah. personally. Uh, the origins haven't sold as well as we thought we're going to. Uh, the DSLs we can't keep. Wow. I got a I think I got two twenties in stock and I'm waiting on forties to come in. So that's kind of um, my preference in the line. I do like the you know the smaller silver jubilees. You know, yeah. and the stuff that they, oh yeah, there you go. Um, the like the silver jubilee sounds good. The the smaller ones, those are cool. But it's it's also like you were saying, if you're looking for that sound, right? And that's going to be a very '80s leaning, yeah, direction. Uh, I always I lean a little bit more towards the Fender side of things. If you want to go under a thousand, but you want to work stuff with pedals. This is one of the best to me is the Blues Deluxe. Right. 40 watts, plenty of power, can get loud as shit. It's got an effects loop and a master volume. So you can because you so you can work it. Yeah. Um, and it's a flatter response than you're gonna get from like a 65 deluxe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it takes pedals really well. And it yeah. can it can rock if you with the right pedals. What do those go for? What's the street price on? They're them? about a thousand bucks now. They used to be cheaper, but every Fender went. Well, everything's going up. Yeah. Well, Fender went crazy in the last two years. Oh wow. So yeah, they raised the price. They I think they were a little bit more aggressive than they should have been. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know how Fender runs their shit. So. Demand went crazy, so they thought, well, let's just go to meet it, probably. Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of companies are paying for that a bit. Uh, and I don't mean in a, like a terrible way. I think that that they're starting to realize that. I mean, we all knew that the at some point, a bubble. At some point, we we're going to drop off a cliff, and we've seen that. So the demand that we had before isn't necessarily the demand we have now. And I'm not saying that that things have slowed down to a halt. They certainly haven't. Right, but it, it was slowed down across the board. I think on guitar sales. We're still selling the shit out of pedals because, yeah. but as the economy shifts doing is its thing, 
it's a lot easier for somebody to go, hey, you know what, I'll buy that $200 pedal and have a good time with my tone than buy a $1,500 guitar. Yeah. So ebbs and flows of that stuff. But I, I think what it's doing personally is that we're just going back to pre pandemic stuff. Right. Everybody went ape shit during the pandemic. Yeah. It all went crazy. The whole world went nuts for all the stuff. And I think now we're just coming back to back to normal, back to where it was. We're just going back to the normal pace of how guitars were selling. The thing is, now I think we have more players because all those people that bought all those guitars during the pandemic, some of them are going to continue to play. It also prompted right. some people that used to play to get back into it because they had the time. So there is going to be a percentage of increase in players because of the that. Pool. The pool, the overall pool of players has gotten a little bit bigger. Yeah, overall, but not to, you know, we had this yeah, like so big, and then now it's coming back to the normal size of what the guitar community, you know, the, the consumer is. There's a few more, yes, but and I think we'll see those, the people that stayed with it or returned to it, I think we're going to see more of an increase in stuff like pedals, accessories, interfaces, things like that, that they'll continue on. Mm -hmm. But I think we're getting back to the normal pace of new players. Yeah. Well, it's like, like when you have, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a... It's probably like when you have a YouTube video go viral. Like if you get, if you normally get a thousand views per video and you hit one that just clicked and it got say, you know, 15,000 views. Dude, I got 15,000 views. Let's make the next video. You think the next video is going to get 15,000 and it doesn't. But it doesn't usually go back down to a thousand, which is your norm. It might go back down to uh, twelve hundred, right? Because you gained some people out of that spike, but then it returned. But it, it didn't return down to where it was. It returned down to slightly above what it was, right? And I think that's what we're seeing now. Is I think it's just a market correction. Yeah. Uh, plus, plus we're we're seeing this economic downturn, so people are going to be, you know, keeping shit a little bit closer to the breath, to the to the chest yeah so That's... i mean i know we are as a company we're we're being careful with what we're doing we're like you know you you, you know you got to be smart you got to listen to what's going on you also have to filter through the sky is falling the sky is falling and everything you know because we live we live in a climate now and in a political climate where everything is just there's there's insanity on both sides and you yeah. have to filter through a lot of the calamity to figure out what is actually going on and make the smartest move for your business. You know, right. because if you, if you listen to some of these people, you might as well never leave the house because <laughs> exactly. everything is on fire. You right. Know what I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to keep things a little, uh, you know, even just personally in the household, like I just paid off my truck, my avalanche finally played it off like three days ago. I'm like, ah, oh, ah, congrats. Feels good to pay that off. You know, but then I had to buy a bunch of new tires for the other car. So I was like, well, crap. But but I'm trying not to go out and buy a bunch of stuff on credit because, you know, again, who knows what's going what's gonna to happen in 23, which is right around the corner. Right. You know, and, and, you know, we're dealing I don't think everything's going to just explode nuclear war. Barring nuclear war, I think everything's going to be fine, but people are probably going to be a little bit more 
cautious with their spending. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm old enough to remember when inflation was much higher than even what it is right now. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just smart to watch what you're doing. Careful your money. It doesn't mean you can't you're right. continue to invest. And it doesn't mean you can't continue to try to grow because some of the best, there's a lot of companies that have been born out of inflation. You know what I mean? So, so you just have to, you have to be smart being willy nilly about stuff. You could do that when times are insane. When times are, good. When times are great, you can kind of almost trip over shit and do all right. You need to be a little bit more calculated and measured when, when times are tough or times get tough. Um, and I think things will equal out, you know, the fed is doing their thing. So let's, if, when they're being cautious, because if they say, Hey, we're not going to raise it anymore. Everybody goes, great. Let's go buy shit. Well, then that screws it all up. So they may ride this out a little bit longer to, to level things out. If that's the case, everybody needs to be smart. I just bought a Jeep, but I ordered it back in April. Right. You know, and I just got it three weeks ago. But what I did was I sold my other vehicle. Luckily, I have a cousin that owns a Jeep dealership, so I got a good price. So the delta between the two wasn't very much. And I'm right. I'm basically like, all right, I don't, I, it's paid for. Because I sold the other car and I had and I saved money while I was waiting for six yep. months. Yeah. And now we're at zero. So yeah. there's a reason because I'm like, I, 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 I don't want to be making heavy payments if we've got to watch what we're doing and all that other stuff. So thank I you definitely cautious. I, I definitely wouldn't take a risk now like I took in 2014 on store stuff. No, I'm already thinking about we've already me and Dylan have been talking about dialing back some making certain adjustments and shifts mm -hmm. and maybe pulling back on a couple companies that we have invested more in we've invested more in them than they've invested in us. Yeah. So I think at this point, what relationships you have in business are important. Um, and we've got a couple companies that I got to make a decision on. Mm, should we get rid of them? Because they don't really I'm not saying that they don't, we haven't seen the sales that we wanted from them, but that we also haven't seen the support. Right. So, so there's yeah. some stuff that we're, we're thinking about just, and it's just, you know, cleaning up your house a little bit. That's yep. all. You know, and I've been talking to some dudes about some stuff I'm going to add, but they're like, but it's also like, I know the guys. So there's already a relationship. And it's also not like, I don't, they're all like, you don't have to buy a bunch of stuff, just a little bit. I'm like, you can like get a little bit, test and see. And if it's good, great. We'll do more. If it's not good, then whatever you know yeah. so but i'm not gonna go out and take out a big loan to get a bunch of crap to that just might sit you know right that's why we're looking maybe to shift a little bit on how we're going to do some stuff with um uh what do you call it um you know we're seeing guitar slow yeah but like i said accessories and pedals and stuff like that are still going so we may do a little bit of a shift with that and go, hey, well, let's lighten up on this side a bit. Let's make sure we have inventory. Let's make sure we still have selection. But let's maybe not go as deep. And let's go, you know, let's bring this down a little bit here and bring this up a little bit here. So we're still whole. We're just shifting things a little bit more until we 
until things kind of level off and and we'll go from there so what is what's going on here I have what's no going idea. on private dancing girls ryan <laughs> what kind of operation you running here man it's not me can you get rid of it yeah i can block user i you know it's crazy i put up a video and there'll be uh oh i'm trying to block that i won't do it, it says was banned error occurred uh-oh well we should probably get wrapping up here soon too because i'm about to get i'm about to oh, yeah. fall asleep <laughs> it's been three hours so <laughs> i think yeah if we got people still hanging around good yeah there's I'm still happy. 13 people how many 13 wow hanging out watching let me go back to this over her let me get back into the youtube thing because i'm just looking at the stream yard Thing. Let me go to the YouTube actual because I can. Oh, it looks uh, like you did block them. I see it blocked on here. Yeah. Let me show the chat. Oh, yeah. Message deleted by uh, RNA. Eh. Oh, yes. It's uh, blocked on the thing. So that's weird. But every now and then, like, I'll put up a video and start getting comments from our regulars and always was like, Check my webcam here. Oh, <laughs> like, dude, yeah. every day on Instagram. Yeah. We promote it on blah, blah, blah. Promote this. But do you want sexy blah, blah, blah? And we're like, oh my God. It's like, it's relentless. Relentless. Crazy. As soon as you post something up, like, especially on Instagram, as soon as you post something up, I'm blocking. Oh, yeah. I'm blocking at least four or five uh, comments. Yeah. I'll post stuff about oh, like Texas music or hashtag or whatever. And they're like, hey, promote it on blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. Guys, y'all don't even, this is like dumb. Spam emails. So I get so much crap. It's, it's awful. But my, my email alone is every time I wake up, I got piles of emails. I'm like, it's not even like, I mean, not crazy stuff, but just like, hey, shop at Walmart. Hey, Target. Hey, ammo.com. Hey. Do that. My Easy. business one, I've cleared out a lot of stuff and blocked, blocked because yeah. I'm like, I ain't got time for this shit. I got yeah. enough emails on business I got to worry about, let yeah. alone, you know, how are you going to save solar power? If Colorado solar power wants to burr, 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 burr. No, yep. man, I don't, I don't need that. Although it's does, it sounds enticing, but I don't need solar power right now. Or, you know, I just don't need it. It's crazy. Yeah. I've I get a lot of overseas stuff too. Hello, dear. Would you like to yes. buy forty-two inch guitar? And I'm <laughs> that's like, not even. That's not even the spam folder. I go into the spam folder. Yeah, oh, spam folder's full. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we probably ought to wrap it up. It's been three hours. I don't normally live stream, but we can sit and chat forever, anyways. Yeah, we could be here all damn night. Just be here doing this stuff. I got to get ready for. I have to play guitar for. The church in the morning you gotta play guitar for jesus tomorrow right i do in the morning i forgot i've got to actually do some stuff for the service too because our pastor's out we have a guest guy who doesn't know the routine oh <laughs> so i've got i've got to like do some more officiating between stuff i'm like oh yeah i need to remember what to do so <laughs> i'll figure it out in the morning it's not that complicated i got a day off tomorrow so i don't know what i'm doing but it, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna involve playing guitar i know that I'll play guitar in the morning and actually probably after church will be editing the Ask RNA that I shot today. So tomorrow's going to be editing and then probably uploading Ask RNA. 
but you'll get it's a kick out. We're always working. There's always something. I gotta There's get always- a whole. I gotta get a whole Black Friday thing together tomorrow. So now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I probably gotta do it tomorrow because Monday is just gonna be a disaster. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're always working. But like we said earlier, two hours ago, rather be doing that for us than for somebody else. Yeah. There's always something to do. Thank you guys, all y'all for hanging out. I appreciate y'all. This will be a podcast somewhere. As soon as I find out how to rip the audio and I go and put it in logic and tweak it and all that sort of stuff. First official Arnie music podcast, talking to friends about music. So I told Ike he was going to be the first. And so we, we made it happen. So. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Entertaining or something for everybody, for whoever listens to this down the, down the line. I hope they found it educational for sure. It's uh, we've definitely learned a lot in the last however many years. <laughs> Eight, nine, no. Yeah. Like well, I've been since 2010, so I mean, coming up on 13 years for me of doing this. We're gonna hit. Uh, well, officially, flip side's 2014. So, eight. Yeah. We're we're probably nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Almost at a decade. I count. I count oh nine because I placed my first orders with companies for the store in oh nine. See, if I went earlier than that, if I if I brought it back to prior to Flipside, I probably mean, would get it. I think you could do that. I think that would be fair game. Because we weren't Flipside yet. We were just some other bullshit. <laughs> Ice House of Jams. Yeah, Ice House of Rock and Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. man! <laughs> no free cookies from uh from the dark side. We have cookies. <laughs> we got cookies. Hey, we're still here though. We got we got sub sandwiches. We're still here though. <laughs> we hey. are we are still here. That is for sure, man. All right. Well, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for hanging out and chatting for so long. And uh we'll see all y'all on the next video. Until then, keep the music alive. I'll see you guys on the flip side. Yeah, don't forget it. We'll see y'all then, man. Appreciate all y'all. Leave a comment down in the replay if you want to. Hashtag, secret hashtag of the day. How about that? I'll let I come up with one with a comment. Uh, Square word? No, no. Secret hashtag of the day is squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag uh, something. Hashtag Dave. Yeah. That's what it is. Hashtag Dave. Type that in the comment section, and we'll know you watched this entire three hour and 14 minute and five second. Yeah, all the way to the end. All the way to the end. There's going to be a couple of legends who hung out. Probably Metalhead Hippie, Midnight Wind, Pedroff, Jeffrey, and Deja Voodoo. All right. We'll see you guys on the flip side. Later. <laughs> so excited. Nice. And broadcast.